Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still operate effectively with the remaining 58% of the budget. Reported and federal live. workers would be absorbed into the burgeoning economy by the private sector. To put it in perspective, reducing the $2.8 trillion 2007 federal budget by 42% would still leave $1.6 trillion, the same amount as the total federal budget for 1997. There would be no need for a national sales tax that only replaces one tax for another, and it will not reduce government spending. But these numbers pale by comparison if you consider the national debt. As of January 2008, our country's public debt is over $9 trillion. The estimated population of the United States is 304 million. That means each citizen's share of the debt is $30,241, and that's over and beyond what you pay in taxes. Regardless of which political party is in control, there's no incentive for politicians to reduce spending. The only way to end this spending spree is to take away the government's checkbook and credit card and let them know the joyride is over.
or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. I gotta have a mind to 
paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Get on into town Shoot a little eight ball down at the pool hall Drink a beer with my friend Now don't judge me and I won't judge you Cause we all get judged in the end Some people care about what other people think Worry about what they say Let a little gossip coming from a loose lip Run a perfect day Saying fly, fly, fly Just a jack in there problems. 
So if you all in the room uh, can type in there and tell me what it sounds like, if it needs to be warmer or crisper or something or louder or whatever, let me know in the chat room. Uh, you can also call in 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. It is Thursday, December 24th, 2015. That makes it Christmas Eve, and it's about 10 minutes after noon Pacific time. So if you hear that, you'll know, okay, it is live, and yes, I can call in to tell him how that mic sounds if I want, or go to the chat room. It's probably easier if you're online to do that. You can also contact me directly on Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Uh, now, the chat room I may have neglected to tell you, which you should already know, but, you know, there's always new listeners. But one thing about, well, I suppose... You know, if you're on satellite or FM or something. But, you know, if you're on the uh, Internet, you probably already went to our website, and that's how you got to be listening. But it's theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the link there. Well, if I don't hear anything, then I'm going to just, uh, you know continue on okay i got a uh i got a message audio's back and good okay well that's kind of general but good's always good so we shall continue on oh by the way i might as well tell everybody that as you noticed uh i didn't do either one of my shows yesterday and nobody else did either uh well you know it's going to be sketchy you know with shows this the certainly today and tomorrow, and, uh, oh, not so much Monday, maybe not Tuesday, but, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, running into New Year's, it's going to be sketchy again, probably, so, you know, and at this time, I I don't know, I can't tell you what's going to be, who's going to be on and who isn't going to be on, Uh, like today, uh, let's see here. Okay, got another sounds good. So that's good. Now we'll, we'll just see if there's a problem then. So this mic sounds good, which is fine. It can be used. And then uh, we'll see if the uh, the fan of power cuts out. Because if it does, then there's a problem with the power. If it doesn't, then there could be a problem with my other mic. Probably is. Or some sort of disagreement between it and this board. All right. Well, just because it's Christmas Eve doesn't mean there's no news. So let's get to it. Now, whatever this means, I'm not sure what this actually means, but there's a headline. Hillary Clinton is not my Abdullah, critics say. Really? Hillary Clinton's campaign for president has been pretty savvy about talking to young voters in the parlance of the social web. Uh, But the list, seven things Hillary Clinton has in common with your Abdullah, seemed to backfire this week. Hey, maybe somebody ought to fill me in on what's an Abdullah, huh? 
right? You know, I, I mean, if Hillary Clinton's going to stop even speaking English to run her campaign, I mean, after Mrs. Clinton shared news of her daughter's second president pregnancy, a content strategist for her campaign posted the list, an effort to appeal to young Hispanic voters by pointing out how she was just like their Abdullahs or grandmothers. Ah, I see. So it's Spanish for grandmother. Isn't that cute? She cares for all children. She reads to her grandchildren before bedtime. She doesn't tolerate disrespect. What's this supposed to mean? You know, so what? Have you ever met a grandmother that doesn't read to her grandchildren? <laughs> her critics were not impressed. Soon, the hashtag, not my Abdullah, was circulating as a critique of what some saw as a tone-deaf move to pander to a powerful but marginalized block of voters. Well, you know what? They shouldn't even be a block of voters. Unless you're a U.S. citizen, you got no business voting in any elections. And it's insane for anybody to say, well, you know, everybody should be allowed to vote. No, everybody shouldn't be allowed to vote. You're not here legally. And I don't mean you got a work visa. I mean you are at, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I don't even want to give permanent residents the right to vote. Become a U.S. citizen, you want to vote. Oh, and that doesn't mean dual citizenship either. Now, look, I'm not saying being a U.S. citizen is a great thing, because I think it's a fraud and a scam and a scheme, and uh, what you want to be is a citizen of one of the several states of the Union. And by that, you are a citizen of the United States of America. But a United States citizen, I'm sorry, that's too vague and ambiguous. It could mean anything, and nothing good for you, I can tell you that. But, you know, hey, look, I guess if your choices is, uh, hey, I could be the citizen of uh, the Corporation of Mexico or the citizen of the Corporation of the United States, I guess I'd pick the United States myself. Oh, wait, unless I could speak Spanish, then maybe I'd want to be in Mexico. Well, here's what some, uh, uh, well, her critics have pointed out that Mrs. Clinton did not grow up poor, like the Mexicans, and was not separated from her loved ones by country borders. You know, hey, separated by loved ones? Look, you know what? Nobody dragged you over here, man. You voluntarily came to the United States. If you left your, you know, your your family behind, that's on you, man. This is nobody's fault, but now, see, this is the Mexicans' fault. If they're so darn attached to their families, then they should have stayed with their families or smuggled their whole family over the border. But if you just decide to take off and come to the United States, don't cry to me about how you're separated from your family because you decided to leave them. You know, and I'll also point out, there's a lot of Americans separated from their families, too. 
gee, what about all the soldiers all over the world in 140 countries? Hey, they're separated from their families, too. But you know what? It's their own fault, too. They're the ones that joined up. We don't have a draft in this country. They volunteered. So go cry the blues to somebody else. You don't want to be separated from your family? Then, uh, let's see, don't leave your family. But they make good points about that. I mean, you know, even the Mexicans are smart enough to know when they're being had. Now, here's here's some, what are these? Are these tweets? Yes, they're tweets, okay? Tweets are now part of the news, okay? Because uh, here we go. HRC, guess who that is? Hillary Rodham Clinton. Is like my Abdullah? Laugh out loud, no. One of my Abdullahs from Utando worked washing the dishes and picking coffee since she was 11 years old. Hillary is not my Abdullah. (laughs) All right. Because she didn't have to live in poverty with 14 kids and suffer because over half were separated over a border. Oh, when, when, when? How did the half get over the border? Man, I'm really sick of hearing that. Folks, we need to, you know what? We need to, when we hear things like this, stop thinking, oh, yes, isn't that sad? Because this is exactly what it is. It is nothing more than an emotional argument. Okay? Nothing but an emotional argument to say, the families are separated. Okay? The families are separated. Isn't this sad? And everybody realizes, yes, that is sad. You know, family separated is always sad. But it's purely emotional. Oh, yes, that is sad. But uh, why are your families separated? It's because of that stinking border. Really? Was it an invisible border that you only found out about it after you sneaked over it and left your family on the other side? Is that what happened? Because I don't think that's what happened. You see, we need to start taking the narrative to the reality of the fact that, hey, you know what? Nobody dragged you over here. You left your family in Mexico or Central America or wherever the heck they are. You left them there. You decided to come here. And for whatever reason, you decided not to bring them along. And if half your kids are here and half are over there, well, obviously you're able to get some of them over here. So you know what? This is on you. This is not an argument to make any changes whatsoever to anything because, oh, the families are separated. Well, that's just too darn bad. You know how we put those families back together again? All the illegal aliens in this country who claim they have family that's trapped back in Mexico in their nation of birth, then you need to go back. Hey, we're into the family building business. Get out. Get back to your family. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that somebody says, hey, there's there's a saying in Hawaii. What, bro? You're making your problems my problems. Yeah, that that's right. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good saying because, hey, 
That's right. Those are your problems, man. But the fact of the matter is, if you're separated from your family because you're an illegal alien in another country, that's nobody's fault but your own. And we need to start pointing the responsibility at where it belongs. Well, you didn't realize you had a family till you got to the United States? Oh, wait, I think I forgot something. Hey, where's the rest of my family? Oh, well, I think I'll just stay here and suck up all the free stuff and just complain about it. Rather than go, oh, my, I, I better go back where my family is. No. Mrs. Clinton is not the only politician who has attempted playful acknowledgement of Latino culture. Guess who else has done that? I'm giving you a chance here. Yeah, well, isn't it strange that both leaders of each party, and I'm saying Jeb Bush because you know why? He was the anointed one by the Republican Party. Well, and then, you know, Donald Trump showed up and kind of stole the show. And now Jeb, you know, I mean, look, the guy really, I only watched the first debates, the first debate, the first Republican debate. I haven't watched any Democratic debates because there's really no point in watching the Democratic debates. And everybody knows it. That's why their ratings are so pathetically low. Kind of like why MSNBC's ratings are so pathetically low. Because nobody cares. They got nothing to say. It's like, well, look, okay, we already know. Come November, whenever, it's going to be, oh, yeah, your choice for the Democrats is Hillary Clinton. Oh, boy, you know, what a surprise. Who'd have thunk it? And you know what? If you think it's something else, think again, because a deal was made. A deal was made. Do you think, really, a state senator, because that's all he was, I mean, people can call him a United States senator, but he didn't even finish one term. Okay, so no, he really wasn't a United States senator. He got elected to be United States senator, But just about as quick as he got elected in there, he started running for president. From what I hear, running for president is kind of like a full-time job. So if you've got a full-time job running for president, you're not doing your other full-time job at being U.S. senator, are you now? And if you're even attempting to, you're not doing a very good job. Because has anybody out there... (laughs) Any of you uh, uniquely American people out there uh, ever had two full-time jobs? Because if you do, I can tell you this. After a couple of days, you're not doing a very good job at either one of them. And that's the whole thing. He did do a good job at running for president. So uh, if he put all his effort into running for president, it doesn't seem as there would be much left for being United States senator. Who wants that peon job anyway, for crying out loud? So you think this guy really comes out of nowhere and just makes Hillary sit down? 
You think Hillary Clinton's got the goods on him about his whole past and she just puts it away and goes sits down and lets him be president? And then, ooh, what a shock. She gets to be Secretary of State. Now she gets to be the front runner. The whole DNC is geared up to make sure that not even any other Democrat can compete with her. Hillary Clinton owns the Democratic National Committee, folks. And I don't mean that from a uh, hypothetical sort of thing. I know, I mean, absolutely, you know, I mean, in reality, physically, the DNC itself is bankrupt. Okay? Bankrupt. Hillary Clinton's campaign is funneling money to the DNC. She owns the DNC because she pays for it. That doesn't seem fair to the other candidates, does it? Anyway, so Jeb Bush, a Republican contender, whose wife is fully Mexican. See, they say here that his wife is Mexican-American. She's not Mexican-American. She is full-blown Mexican. See, you know what? You see how they twist things? So, look, if you're black, you get to call yourself an African-American. Why? Well, because your ancestry is African and you were born in America, right? Well, they're trying to paint Jeb Bush's wife as though her ancestry is Mexican, but she was born in America, but she wasn't. Okay? He says that his wife sold a Gooka Bowl on his website. Oh, no, he sold a Gooka Bowl on his website, and supporters of Mrs. Clinton, main challenger Bernie Sanders, have long referred to him as T.O. Bernie. Of course, Mr. Sanders yesterday's trying to distance himself from that hashtag. Mrs. Clinton's case, the Internet soon gave new currency to the word. Here we go. We're making up words. This one's pretty good. I like this one. Hispandering. Or hispandering. I guess that's the best way to say it. Hispandering. Meaning you are pandering to the Hispanics. I like it. I'm going to be using that word if I can remember it, because that's exactly what Jeb Bush does. That's exactly what Marco Rubio does. That's exactly what uh, Hillary Clinton does. It's what the whole federal government has done. His pandering. And, you know, as as you know, if you're a Hispanic, I don't know, man, I'd be insulted. You know, I mean, these people, look, <laughs> the Mexicans are starting to realize, listen, you're not, you're not like me, and it ain't got nothing to do with your skin color. It's got to do with, you're not like me. You weren't raised like me. You have never been poor. You've never worked a stinking day in your life, you lazy pig. Your kids will never work a day in their life either. So how, 
How much exactly do you have in common with Mexican immigrants or illegal aliens? Or 90% of American citizens? What do you have in common with them? Nothing. You know, this would be like Donald Trump getting up there and trying to tell you how, uh, how he's just like you. I'm just like you. Well, just like you with $10 billion. And then I'd be just like you. Well, oh, there's a big difference between $10 billion and, uh, well, not $10 billion. Okay? And he's not trying to pass himself off as just like you. He's passing himself off as, hey, I'm a brash billionaire who's running for president. And I don't like what I'm seeing in this country, and I'm telling you about it. I really don't care what anybody thinks, because, hi, did I mention I'm a billionaire? Hey, I can actually say, well, all right. Look, the thing you got to understand about Donald Trump is he, he was born into money. His daddy made all the money, okay? Well, he didn't make all the money. See, that's the thing. Donald Trump has built on his fortune. So... No, there's something to be said for that. Anyway, if you're going to, you see, now, if I was going to compare Donald Trump to somebody who goes to work at a mechanic shop or, you know, whatever, eight hours a day, five days a week, see, the word hardworking is a whole different animal between those two, all right? Uh, I would give the guy working at the gas station a higher grade for work ethic than I would Donald Trump. However, for his, you know, for what he does, he has a far better work ethic than Hillary Clinton. Because, you see, Hillary Clinton doesn't have any work ethic because she's never worked. She's never had a real job. She's always been on the government dole. And you know how hard it is to get fired from the government dole. I mean, basically, you got to rape a kid on TV. And then maybe you could get up there and say, well, you know, it depends what it is, and get off. Or should I say, yeah, let me change that word, get away with it. All right, well, let's see. We're going to take a break. And we'll be back in just a bit. So everybody stay right where you're at. Baby, like a rocket, like a buggy, wuggy, choo-choo Crowd, crowd, screaming, screaming, more, 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 got the 
traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men feigning from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the Days of Chaos. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. We've been waiting for a long time. Yes, we've been waiting for a long, long time. We've been waiting for a long time. But we ain't gonna wait no more. We're getting ready to rock and roll. We're gonna one, two, three, four.
All right. Uh, hang on here, folks. <laughs> Remember I told you I was uh, <clears throat> using a new uh, mic? Well, it's a different kind of mic, and uh, it's got a different kind of... The clip on it just broke, and I'm I'm having to hold this thing up. I can't believe how cheap things are made, this, this mic clip here. And I could fix it, but uh, it just happened, and I'm in the middle of a show here, so it's uh, I'll just hold it with one hand and uh, click with the other. And, uh, wow, okay. Anyway, yeah, that was uh, uh, the Bus Boys. The Boys Are Back in Town, and it was uh, oh, featured a song in that movie uh, with Eddie Murphy. And uh, I think it is 48 hours. And the first one was the tractors. Of course, we're not playing Stump the Room during the day, but hey, there it is. Anyhow, uh, let's, uh, well, catch up when it is. It's still Thursday. It's still December 24th. That's Christmas Eve. And uh, I have all the plans in the world of doing a live show this evening. Hey, why not, huh? Christmas Eve and all. I don't celebrate Christmas, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't, well, I'm not saying Christmas. I'm not saying Merry Christmas to anybody. I say Merry Christmas to people. You know, why not? Have a Merry Christmas. You know, have a Merry Tuesday. You know? Just because I don't celebrate it doesn't mean somebody can't have a Merry Christmas. Jeez. I mean... You know, that's the whole thing here in America anymore. Everybody thinks just because you don't want to do something, you know, you don't want to, you don't believe in this holiday or that holiday or this or that or the other thing, that, oh, uh, everybody else has to stop also. You know, really, it's like the atheists and all these other dirtbags around that, hey, oh, you can't have a nativity scene. You can't do this. You can't do that. Why not? Why? Because you don't believe in it. So what? You know what? One thing that we miss all the time, and well, we don't miss it. I'm sure you don't miss it, but the government misses it. The media misses it. You know, and it's the it's the First Amendment. Okay, it doesn't just say that. Hey, uh, you know, you can't have. Uh, you know, you can't have a state religion. It doesn't just say that. Okay, there's more to it. And and it's just like the, uh, you know, the Second Amendment. They leave parts out of it. It's like, wait a minute. And it's not just them. I mean, take a look at the, the churches. Oh, Romans 13, you got to do everything the government says. Look, it says right here. Yes, it does in the first paragraph. And then it goes on because it says, you know, the king, the powers. Well, all right, read on. And it describes what those powers are like. And those are the ones you're supposed to listen to. Do you really think the God of the Bible would tell you to go ahead and follow evil? Do what evil says to do, because after all, they're in charge. No, I don't believe that. Because then what's the rest of Romans 13 all about? Why give any qualifications about the kings and the powers and how they're supposed to act and why we're supposed to follow their lead? Why? Why put it there if it doesn't mean anything? 
Just like the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And that's where everybody stops and says, well, I've decided that if you have a nativity scene on the lawn of public property, that's respecting an establishment of religion. And guess what else? It doesn't say that, you know, although the state constitutions do also forbid, have the same, you know, you know, forbidding like this. Oregon actually has like five different sections on religion, different things, but they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, you cannot make any law respecting the establishment of a religion. But what's after that? It says, oh, comma, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech. Now, you may not think that, well, now you're off into the freedom of speech, not the religion. Oh, really? Well, guess what? Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Part of exercising religion is to be able to speak about it. So Congress can make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. Yet they do all the time. You can't bring a Bible into a public school. Oh, because that's an establishment of religion. No, it isn't. This is my Bible. I'm bringing it with me. And, uh, you know, it ain't got nothing to do with you. And if you think that I represent the government, (laughs) you better think again. But they they don't pay any attention to that part of the amendment. It's just all uh, respecting an establishment of religion. Oh, yeah? What about the other part? Anyway, I've got another list here. I like lists of stuff because I find them interesting and quick to learn something. Anyway, somebody's saying I, I politically correct, really. All right, fine, whatever. Let's see. Uh, I don't know if they're talking about the uh, Merry Christmas thing. You know, I grew up here in America, and I grew up uh, celebrating Christmas, looking forward to Christmas, really liking Christmas, especially as a kid. So, you know... It's a tradition. It's not so much a holy day. It's more like a tradition. And yeah, it's a tradition of men, and it's probably not something to, you know, really get into, and I don't. But I'm not going to, uh, you know, tell somebody else they can't. I can tell them, you know, dragging that tree into your house is wrong because of this. You know, decorating in gold and silver is wrong because of that, and you know, the, orig- the origins of this holiday come from, you know, pagans. And I can, you know, anybody can show you where and how and all that. Hey, educating people to what they're actually doing through ignorance isn't a bad thing. But once they got that information and they decide, I don't care, I'm doing it anyway. Well, okay, fine. You know, whatever. Here's something, though. We're not going to get through this, obviously. Maybe I'll start it again tonight because I like that. We'll see how it goes because I like the title of this, 
58 facts about the U.S. economy from 2015 that are almost too crazy to believe. Oh, man, I'm, I love too crazy to believe, don't you? All right. Start at number one here. These days, most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. At this point, 62% of all Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account, and 21% of all Americans do not have a savings account at all. Yikes. Uh, Let's see. The lack of savings is especially... Dramatic when you look at Americans under the age of 55, incredibly, fewer than 10% of all millennials, and only about 16% of those that belong to Generation X have $10,000 or more saved up. It has been estimated that 43% of all American households spend more money than they take in each month. Now, you've got to ask yourself, how exactly are you able to do that? I mean, as a, at a sustained level. Oh, I can see doing that for a month or two, but I mean, how do you, how do you just keep spending more money than comes in? Anyway, for the first time ever, middle-class Americans now make up a minority of the population. But back in 1971, 61% of all Americans lived in middle-class households. You know, that wasn't all that long ago, folks. I mean, I even remember 1971 and 2, and the boy, you know, and 61% lived in middle-class households. According to Pew Research Center, the median income of middle-class households declined by 4% from 2000 to 2014. The Pew Research Center also found that median wealth for middle-class households dropped an astounding 28% between 2001 and 2013. Yeah, boy, hasn't NAFTA and GATT been great for America? Boy, everything they said sure came true, right? It was going to create jobs and open up markets, and we were going to be able to sell apples to China. Whee! Isn't that great? How's that working out? In 1970, the middle class took home approximately 62% of all income. Today, that number has plummeted to just 43%. There are still 900,000 fewer middle class jobs in America than there were when the last recession began. But our population has gotten significantly larger since that time. Yeah, significantly larger how, folks, because you know what? The birth rate in America, among American citizens, barely keeps us even. You do realize, you know, to keep the population even, you've got to average two kids per house because there's mom and dad who are going to die, so you have to have two kids to take their place. So how does our population grow if that's what's going on? Oh, I'll tell you why. Illegal aliens. And even legal immigration. According to Social Security Administration, 51% of all American workers make less than $30,000 a year. For the poorest 20% of all Americans, Median household wealth declined from 
negative $905 in 2000 to a negative $6,029 in 2011. Do you understand what that is saying? That 20%, okay, 20% of Americans, their wealth, their household wealth, is a negative $6,029, and that was in 2011. Think things have gotten better? A recent nationwide survey discovered that 48% of all U.S. adults under the age of 30 believe that the American dream is dead. Well, gee, there's a positive outlook from our next generation, our future. Gee, our future... The future leaders of America believe the American dream is dead. Since hitting a peak of 69.2% in 2004, the rate of home ownership in the United States has been steadily declining every single year. But keep in mind, folks, that that 69.2% was an illusion. Okay, 2004, they started the liar loan. Well, before 2004, they started the liar loans. You know, just because you got a mortgage and somebody said, well, the house is yours, doesn't mean anything. If you can't make the next payment, they're going to come and get it. So the 69.2% was an inflated, phony number to begin with, but home ownership has been steadily declining every year since 2004. Wow. At this point, the only the the U.S. only ranks 19th in the world when it comes to medium wealth per adult. 19th. We have gone from number one in the world to 19th. How's that free trade working for you? Boy, that was a great deal, huh? Traditionally, entrepreneur and and you know what, folks? I want to make sure you understand this. And yes. We've got serious problems with our finances and our economy and all that because it's a phony baloney fiat currency system that isn't backed by anything. And no, just because it's fiat doesn't mean it's not backed, but ours just happens to not be backed. And people who say, well, it's backed by the uh, government's ability to tax dictators. Oh, yeah, really? I guess you missed the Grace Commission's report, huh? So, no, it isn't based on that. It's not based on anything. You don't know anything about commercial paper if you've got that to say. Commercial paper in a debt-based system, you don't need anything to back it. Debt is not backed, okay? Oh, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise I'll pay you back. Oh, oh, good to go. I'm rich. Everybody in town has promised to give me money. I am a billionaire. But no, you're really not a billionaire because nobody's actually giving you any money. They've just promised to give you money. Yeah, anyway. So we've got problems there. But the big thing that has destroyed America has been the free trade deals made by the traders in Washington, D.C. This can't be an accident, folks. They have not demolished the number one economy, the number one creditor, the number one producer in the world to 19th by accident. Oops. 
No, they did this on purpose. Traditionally, entrepreneurship has been one of the primary engines that has fueled the growth of the middle class in the United States. But today, the level of entrepreneurship in this country is sitting at an all-time low. For each of the past six years, more businesses have closed in the United States than have opened. Prior to 2008, this had never happened before in all of U.S. history. Never. If you can believe it, the 20 wealthiest people in this country now have more money than the poorest 152 million Americans combined. The top 0.1% of all American families, and see, this is not 1%. This is the 0.1%ers of all American families have about as much wealth as the bottom 90% of all American families combined. If you have no debt and you also have $10 in your pocket, that gives you a greater net worth than about 25% of all Americans. Wow. No debt and 10 bucks, and you're rich. In the new America, this is great, huh? And we're, hey, guess what? We're only on number 18, and I'm out of time. So uh, uh, we're going to end this, and I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is Financial Survival. And, uh, hey, Condition Critical is coming up after that. And everything I hear, Jay Shanahan will, in fact, be live. So we will have a live show there. I'll see you again tonight. Thanks for listening. I heard it through the grapevine. My new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first. This is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is Tuesday, November 10th, 2015. I am pleased to have Greg Hunter of USAWatchdog.com joining us in just a few minutes. And topics today will include the Fed, interest rates, and, of course, gold. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. Looking forward to having Greg Hunter on today. But uh, first, let's get started right away with the market report. Gold today, a lot of pressure still on the metals today, down another 450 for gold at 1088. Silver was down 16 at 1452. Platinum was still down big, 13, about 1.5% at 903. And I don't see much change in palladium. Let me see if I can bring that up. Uh, basically shows uh, not much movement, 602 for the day. And by doing that, I just froze my computer. There we go. The USDX today, stronger, 0.21, 99.24. Crude oil up 0.21 at 44.08. And the paper markets today, they were down most of the day. Of course, they always reverse at the end of the day, up 27 points, 17,758. You have the NASDAQ down 12 at 5,083. And the S&P is up 3 at 2,081. The 10-year yield, 2.32% down, 0.02. The euro, of course, down, 0.34, 107 for the euro. And uh, Asian and European markets, Hong Kong was down about 1.5%, which equals about 325 points. And uh, everything else was basically flat across 
the board. So that's it for the market today. Again, a little pressure in gold and silver. Uh, the white metals certainly have been hit hard here of late. And uh, um, good afternoon, Al. Did I say hi oh, to no, you? Did I, I, I don't say know. Hi? You did yesterday. I remember that for sure. Probably the day before, it, maybe. Yeah, maybe next the day week. Before. I did last week. I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember for today though. Okay. Short-term memory, you know, it's it's a problem. You get it to be an elderly person. We have well, I'm sorry to hear about that. To, oh, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't remember it anyway, Melody. We talk about it now, and it doesn't even disturb me. A minute or two from now, won't remember it. So mm-hmm. what can I say? Well, one thing, uh, we're, while we wait to have uh, Greg Hunter, yes, he's not here yet. He'll be joining us in about another five minutes. We're going to talk about the um, Fed. But today they um, announced that Neil Kashkari um, was named president of the Minneapolis Federal Reserve today. Uh, but he's the one who oversaw the U.S. government's $700 billion bailout of banks uh, during the uh, troubled times after 08. And I guess we were just informed that Greg Hunter is on the line with us. So let's say hello to Greg. Good afternoon, Greg. Hello, Greg. Hello, Melody. How you doing? Oh, just Greg. Yeah, this is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Some of the best interviews on the Internet that are available that you can find. He's got a stable of guests that are probably just about as broad and significant as anyone. I don't know. Is there any way? I, I wouldn't expect you to point out a competitor is doing as well, but I can't think of anyone who's doing a better job than you are at rounding up guests and delivering, you know, important and interesting interviews. USAWatchdog.com. Well, it's just that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, kiss up on the rest of that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Fine, I like no, kissing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> but you do do a great job. It really does, and it's something Thank that you. needs to be done because there's just so much misinformation out there. And Terrible. you know, knowing you for the short period of time that I have, you get to the point and you get to the truth. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, let me say it. The other guys are watching. They're watching the other mainstream media outlets. They're watching because I, I, what I, I have people tell me all the time they do better on our my enterprise. I mean, best-selling on Nomi Prince, uh, Michael Pento used to be a uh, regular on CNBC. Now he's on Fox Business. All these guys that tell me all the time, "Whoa, man, you're uh, you get a lot more traffic than all these ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN. Oh, uh, you get way more traffic." And I and I found out I. I do get a lot of traffic, more than even my Google Analytics says. Uh, i got a couple of other metrics to use. But it's funny. It's uh, The truth is it sells. And I would be doing this on ABC, NBC, CNN. Uh, and I was doing that on CNN, on CNN before the market crashed. I was saying that uh, it would completely crash, that the market, that banks were all in trouble. And then we were in a recession. Lo and behold, we, I was right. We were. They, they want that. I'll tell you something else. Here's something really sad. There's something really. What is something sad? Want to hear a good story from the networks? Go Absolutely. ahead. Remember, so 9/11 happens. I'm out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I don't see the video for a year. I don't. I don't see any of this. I'm listening to it on the radio as I'm driving because my wife's in New York City, and I'm driving from Colorado Springs, Colorado. I mean, it's just a, all the planes are grounded. 
I go to the airport and I at the 2000, two thousand you know, two thousand one, and I try to rent a brand new Chevy Impala. You know that that body style. That, I'm sorry, we can we can rent you a Lumina. Where are you going? I said New York. We'll rent you a Lumina. I couldn't believe it. They wouldn't rent me a nicer car. They rented me. They rented me a Lumina. I said, sure, fine, great, fine. You know, let me have it. So I'm driving across the country. Trying to get home to my wife. And, you know, all it's sad, all the flags at half mast, all this. And I'm listening to all this on the radio, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a super fun site. This is a mess. And so I get back to – I was working for Good Morning America, and they had all these people down on the rubble pile. Whenever you did a story at the networks, you had to know what the outcome was. You never saw Mike Wallace turn around to his cameraman going, what? You said, huh? Oh, this is not a story. Have you ever, have you ever seen that on 60 Minutes or any, any investigation? No. So I'm driving across, and I'm thinking to myself, I can make, I have to make this case. So I have to find somebody who will say what I think, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a story based on. I'm just talking about logical deduction. Uh, there's, a, you know, I mean, 30 floors of Power One had asbestos in it, and that, I mean, come on, the whole building's imploded. I mean, you know, I, I thought there was asbestos in both of them, but they actually, they stopped the asbestos spraying in the early 70s because they figured out it was toxic. And the guy I was going to get on from Caesar Sinai Hospital, his mentor, he, the guy he trained with, figured out that asbestos was cancer-causing. That's how good the guy was. And All I right. called him on the phone. And said, hey, what will you say about this? What can, what can you say about this? Because I have to go to my boss and pitch this story. And it was, was going to cost a lot of money. It was a local story. He goes, oh, everybody on that pile ought to have a respirator. I said, what about those little cloths? To have? No, no, no. That's like having a sock on your face. No, that's nothing. They really should be in a full hazmat suit. But at the very least, everyone should have a respirator. I thought I was going to get sent down to ground zero. And remember Christine Whitman, you know, the governor of New Jersey that ended up being at the, what, the EPA? Oh, the air is fine. I'm thinking it can't be fine. How can it be fine? They put on the sensors on the west side of the island. The wind typically blows from, from west to east. It blows from west to east. So, you know, it, they, they should have had it on the east side of the island, and they would have gotten a nose full. But, of course, you know, stock market's down there. And so I was going around uh, New York City, the place called Janivik Hardware, and I was buying respirators. I mean, something you could paint a car in with the screw-on metal things. So I thought I was going to get sent down there. I ended up finding five respirators. And I mean, and really, really Giuliani was the mayor at the time. I was going to go to the mayor and say, hey, whoa, you got to stop this. You, everybody down on that pile, I'd have, they, you, you know, wherever they make these, you should have them fly in a plane of respirators. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. They wouldn't do the story at ABC. I called World News Tonight. They chuckled, laughed at me. I'm serious. I expensed the respirators. I bought five of them. There's about 150 bucks. I didn't ever use them. I was never sent down there. I thought I was going to get first of all. First and foremost, I thought I was going to be sent down there, all hands on deck, right? Well, by the time I got back and I came up with this story, and they, ooh, no, they just, no, no, nobody came right out and put in an email. No, we're not going to do this story. They just, mm, yeah, thanks. No, we're not going to do. It. You know, they just verbally, we're not going to do that. Call World News tonight. Listen, you guys got to do this story. These people down, those people down there. Remember that they had everybody ready at the. Uh, I was living in New York City. They had everybody ready at the emergency rooms. Nobody showed up. If what do you, you mean? Out, you lived. If you did, they you had died. they expected survivors. Is what you're get, saying? No, boom. They didn't. No, they, they threw people off the side of. Uh, they jumped off the damn building. 
uh, before the the uh, things imploded. I mean, hundreds would jump it off the damn building. It was gross. I did a story about a you know a guy doing an urban parachute, which is unbelievably crazy and stupid that somebody was going to jump off the side of a base jump if they were in a high-rise building. I mean, you, you know how many you have to have hundreds of jumps before you even try that, which is pure insanity. Incidentally, I would never tell even if you even if you have hundreds, you never jump off of it. It's totally illegal and totally dangerous and crazy. And he was going to sell this to the public, and I skewered him. But back to the to the story at hand. The story at hand was everybody should have had a respirator. And I had the top epidemiologist of occupational hazard guy at Caesar Sinai Hospital, MD, renowned. Oh yeah, man! Everybody down there. They're out there several blocks away. I mean, not so much. But if you're anywhere on that pile, anywhere near the crash site, oh yeah, full respirator. Really? He said you need a hazmat suit, but a full respirator. What's the news about all these people? The fun that they had, and all the We've dogs died, and all these people getting lung cancer, and all I this. Think. What What is the news you're hearing now? Yep, we're hearing that you they're hear coming Christy down. You Todd Whitman? Cancer. She lied, and people died. Yeah. Where is she? She lied. This. People died. When you tried to pitch that story on the respirators, do you think that the do you think that the editors or whoever you had to talk to to make the story, pitch the story to do you think they rejected the story just because they didn't get it? Was it just a kind of ignorance and it wasn't dramatic enough right now? Is that what it was? Some people are going to hear that story and they're going to think. Maybe there was a conspiracy not to make that, not to well, report that. Did you think it was a conspiracy or just ignorance? Alfred, I don't know why they wouldn't do the story. I, I laid it all out. It wasn't like, hey, we ought to do a story about them doing respirators. Oh, no, 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 no. I wrote it up. I said, here's who we can get on. Here's his credentials. You know, that's how I knew that 30 floors. He told me, oh, yeah, that 30 floors, at least 30 floors. That's a lot, incidentally. You know, 34 is in the building. That's just that's just the the uh, asbestos. That's just the asbestos. That doesn't uh, count all the fluorocarbons and all the other. Oh my! Oh, super fun site. I'm telling you. And you know that's where Wall Street is. They're talking about how that what, what's his name who ended up suing uh, when they go get got Wall Street open in a week. Well, how do you think that would have handled? It? Everybody would have had to have respirators downtown Manhattan. Nobody would have come to work. Yeah. I mean, right, you're going to walk down to a Superfund site where the top uh, epidemiologist, the top work, uh, occupational hazard guy, MD, at Caesar Sinai Hospital, say everybody needs to have a respirator. Right? So, yeah, I, understand. I don't know you're what the motivation is, Alfred. The, it, was it I mean, it I don't know. Was it that they didn't want, you know, the idea was they thought they were going to find people. And I was even telling my bosses, listen, these people, I don't mean to sound rude, but the people on who were in those buildings, they're either they got out or they died. Period. The end. Yeah. The people we have to worry about are the people on that damn pile down there. Oh, yeah, hell to the no. It was the I told my bosses that. I was very overt. I remembered this like it was yesterday. I was watching this on TV last night thinking, oh, my God, I could have stopped that. The story, that story could have, could have helped a there lot of people. There were Incidentally, the respirator should have had. These are these were these were high dollar respirators. These weren't like a little mask, like you paint, you know, like some little little dust mask. These were things that had screw on, screw off metal cartridges down to five microns. I did my homework. Well, we had and that you could have had that respirator, and you could have changed the cartridges. You could have had Julianus. I don't know who the hell makes these, but we need these in here tomorrow. 
And that wasn't even a gotcha story. I wasn't going to go there and, oh, Mr. Bear, you're a, you're an ass for not having. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to do that. was just a, hey, this is a top epidemiologist says we ought to have respirators down there. Everybody ought to have a respirator. That's, there wasn't even a gotcha. I, you know, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. It had nothing to do with whether Giuliani was good or bad or whether the, you know, the government was. I think the government lied. I think Christy Todd Whitman, but she's a, evil. Evil. That she put those those uh, snifters up on the east side of the island. Anybody who lives in New York knows, well, the wind blows from the east to the west. Well, they're going to get clean stuff from the air. Oh, it's great. Wall Street can open. It's just fine. Now, the guy said, you know, five, ten blocks away. No, but down there on that pile, near that pile, hell yes, you need a respirator. They killed that story. I got laughed at. I, I even called World. I, I worked at you at uh, Good Morning America, right? And I had this laid out. It wasn't like I just had some pipe dream of, everybody should have a respirator. No, 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 no. Uh, I have sources. I have people that will go on camera. These are good people. These people, that, this is not a political thing. This is a safety thing. I know for a fact we need this, and here we need it wide. We need a respirator for five microns, and this is, it has this and this and this and asbestos and hydrocarbons and whatever the hell else, whatever the stuff in plastic is and all the other crap. All, there was tons. There was, I don't know, a variety, metal, zinc, barrel. I mean, you name it, it was asbestos down there. Well, and they killed it. What, you know, now, you really have the a economy. There, now, they're, they're willing to kill people in the lower end of Manhattan. I, I, I say kill people, I mean be that damn reckless for money. Do you think they're going to warn you about your 401k and your bank closing and your whatever else they're doing? Do you think they're going to warn you? No, you can't. The government is not here to help you. Despite no, oh, no. what they say, they are here to help special interests. They are here to help banks that are too big to fail, people that are too rich to jail. That's who they're actually serving more so than we the people. And it's, it's, you know, it's sad. It's one of those things you say and you sound like you're being radical, hyperbolic or whatever, but it does appear to be the truth, at least to me. Do you agree? Are they here to serve us, or are they here to serve the special interests? Well, I, I think they'd want to tell you they're here to serve us. But look at the yeah, the secret trade deal they just did. I mean, it's a secret, and some of the stuff is classified for four and five years. And uh, so, who do they serve? Is that for we the people, or we the corporations? And and why are, you know, and who are they keeping that secret? Why is it? Who is being kept in the dark? Is it our enemies, or is it the American people? I, uh, yeah, the answer is yourself. the American people. We're the ones that are being kept in the dark on this. I mean, other people may or may not be able to get access to the information, but isn't it true that the American people are the ones they're trying to deceive? Well, I mean, what they want to tell everybody is, you know, they, you know what that word they stopped saying in the press? Have you, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I, well, my slogan is analyzing the news to give you a clear picture of what's going on. You know the, new, the word that they finally stopped using in the press as of a couple of months ago? Recovery. The recovery. Yeah, that's true. I haven't heard it for some time. They pretty much have stopped using that word, the recovery. And I would be on their ass every week with stories and stuff about the recovery. And, you know, things, people are like, well, why hasn't it collapsed yet? Well, it's collapsing. This is kind of like, you know, 
coming over to a fall and the speeds up and speeds up and speeds up and you know there's a fall in front of you let's say it's Niagara Falls okay now two miles up the river you know you can roll over to the side you can it'll take a while current's pretty strong it'll take you a while you can get over to the side and the closer you get to that fall the less chance it is for you to get over to the side yeah that's what we got coming yeah. And I, I just got somebody here. I, let me read this to you. Hold on. I mean, well, let's, I, I, why don't you hold off on that? We're going to take okay. a commercial uh, break right now. Greg, we're here with Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. We will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedars from On Financial Survival, and our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. When we broke for commercials, Greg was going to read something to us. And I just want to say one more thing before Greg gets to reading. You know, USAWatchdog.com, we were complimenting Greg at the beginning of the program on the quality and number of guests that he has. But it's not just about the guests. Those people appear on other programs as well. And what really is great about usawatchdog.com is the quality of the questions. You are able to deliver a depth of interview that we can't find in other sources, and that goes, from my, my opinion, more to the questions than just the guests. You can get a great guests on there. It doesn't, have any, doesn't say anything if you don't ask any intelligent questions. So the point I want to make is the common denominator in USA Watchdog and its superior performance is the host. That's Greg Hunter. Now, Greg had, he was going to read something, and what was that, Greg? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you this is, I think, is a marker. This is capitulation. And here's a guy, beginning of this, I'm a longtime fan, and I've been watching and reading your material for years now, ever since the 08 crisis. Well, actually, I wouldn't know until 09, but that's okay. Uh, I even got my wife, wife to watch many of your videos. She has zero interest in politics, economy, money, in general. I'm an average middle class white collar worker. And then he goes on to say, if I hire a broker who says A, B, and C, and he turns out to be X, Y, and Z, the process, uh, in the process, I lost a ton of money. I would have fired him. I would tell everyone to run the other way. I hired a real estate agent to find me invested property, and uh, he was 100% wrong, and I tried uh, not to, uh, and I would not rehire him. I would fire him and tell everyone to run the other way. Uh, you keep bringing these experts, in quotes, uh, and you tout as all-knowing, making great calls, and yet they've been dead wrong for the past four years. Actually, they haven't been dead wrong for the past four years. Captain Austin Fitz said there wouldn't be a collapse in, in 13 and 14. She was correct. Gregory Arena said that uh, that uh, the market topped out in uh, May of this year. He is correct. Uh, there's plenty of, of good calls. But, you know, anyways, for the long and short of it is, what, he, what he's saying is that, well, I've been wrong. And I wrote him back and said, you have a trading mentality. You're trading. The, what is coming, folks, and l please listen to this. I know how to source a story. I know when I'm on a story and I get the right story. This is nothing short of a paradigm change. This isn't going to be, oh, gold's going to go to 3000 or 4000 or 50000 or 100000 or, oh, I'm going to be rich. You know what the world's going to look like when gold's $100,000 an ounce? The dollar will be gone by then. There'll be a new dollar. This is a paradigm change of biblical proportions. That when this finally goes, this is going to be, you know, as in the days of Noah. Can you imagine a world with no currency? Can you imagine a world where the bonds that have been assets for the last 30 years are no longer assets. They're back to being what they really are, liabilities. This isn't a trade. This is a survival strategy. This is yeah. going, when this goes, this is going to go fast and ugly, and people are going to die. Yeah. 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 And That's the problem I with this. I can't impress upon you enough. And what I am doing is marking the fraud. I am reporting on the fraud. I'm reporting on the news, which ain't news. I mean, the Ben Carson thing. Let's just look at the latest Ben Carson thing. Barca Rubio at the debates, and I'm not a Republican. I'm a journalist, but I know what the truth is. I know what objectivity is. And he says, you know, the mainstream media, and I worked in the mainstream media for nine years. 
is the ultimate super PAC. He is correct. I worked at ABC and NBC and uh, CBS, excuse me, and and uh, I have a job offer for both those uh, and uh, CNN. And he is correct. It's totally biased. And if you tell people, hey man, you're biased because as an re- investigative reporter, hey, I couldn't be biased. I had to be right on the money, right on the right on the screws. I had to be perfect. I had to be right. Not biased, not what I think it should be or what I want it to be. The story has to be what it is. And Rubio talked about how, you know, hey, uh, you know, they're talking about his damn credit card. And you got the Clinton Foundation. He spent $20,000 in an RNC credit card, which he says he paid back. Okay. Uh, and she's raked in $500 million in, a, in an obvious play-to-pay scandal. Uh, he brought up the fact that Hillary Clinton, she got outed as a liar. She lied. She told her daughter it was a terrorist attack. She told the president, the two leaders of India, India, two leaders of Libya and uh, Egypt, that it wasn't a video. It was a protest. It was a ter- Al-Qaeda-related terror attack. Then she's out there. We're going to get that guy. They arrested a guy. She lied. She was a point person on the lie. She's a liar. And what does the mainstream media do? Oh, she had a great week. That's nothing new. Talk about bias. Now look what they're doing to Ben Carson. Here, Ben Carson made a great point. I mean, the, you know, Barack Obama, forget about all, you know, all the shady land deals and all the shade. They're looking at his, his credentials, his, whether he's lying. And they're looking, you know, Ben Carson brought up his academic records, Obama, President Obama's academic records are sealed. Don't you think that, you, you know, where's the parody in this? Yeah. And then they're like, well, we're asking you. You want to have the highest uh, you know, office. Of le- really? Well, then you would need to be asking uh, Hillary Clinton the same question. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, she had a great uh, week. That's all old news now, even though she was exposed as a huge liar in the campaign, if she is. And I still don't, don't think she's going to be. I think this FBI investigation is serious stuff. And Obama hates the Clintons. I'm telling you, he does. Uh, he, uh, incidentally, they just lost their... Their bid for the you know the massive uh, you know pen and phone uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm just going to make all these uh, five million uh, eleven million uh, illegal amnesty. legal amnesty that no 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 and they just got beat down in the uh, in the yep. uh, next court uh, and they, so the judge did it they appealed it to the I don't know was it the Fifth Circuit of Court of Appeals I think uh, but it's yeah. lost. We lost two to one, and they used his own words. You know, the, more than two dozen times he said, "I'm not a king. I'm not an emperor. I can't do this. I don't have that power." And they said, "Yeah, you're right. We agree with you." <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's that gave them This is the problem. They must have enjoyed that. The what? I'm just saying the judges must have enjoyed the opportunity to use Obama's own words against him. Because what is Obama going to say? He's the one that sued. It's not, the White House is doing it, and their attorneys are doing it, but it's Obama's executive action. He, him, he is the one. He's going to be the one that takes it to the Supreme Court. I don't see how they get it to the Supreme Court unless they fast-track it before the end of his presidency. I just don't – I don't know how they, they're going to do this. Uh, because, and then besides that, it's a tear. Once you go up to the – you know, just because you, you – Every time you lose a case, and then you go to the appeal process, and then you lose that, then you go to the Supreme Court, it's very difficult. Very difficult to defeat that logic. So and well, I, I understand the, full... big point, the big point is that it will take so long, typically, to get to the Supreme Court that once the Fifth Circuit has said, nope, you can't do that, it may be that Obama is simply going to be stopped. He's going to run out of Time they may not hear it. They may say, sorry, the case, we're not even going to hear it. Sorry. The Supreme Court. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's basically, the Supreme Court could say, you know, uh, if they don't hear it, that's basically the same as a summary judgment. Yeah, pocket veto. Well, the equivalent yeah. of a pocket veto, in a sense. But people are being lied to, and therefore they're not, and here's why they're being lied to. They want to have a good Christmas. They want to have, they want people to, to buy. They don't want people to save. They don't want people to retract. They don't want people to protect themselves, and that is going to be the problem. The problem is going to be and when people and wake up, and somebody else wrote me and said, how long do you think it will take for people to wake up? And I'm answering these emails back to people. I actually, this is, you know, uh, what I do in part is I, I answer people uh, back, and I, you know, try to give them, if they, as long as they don't, don't say something, you know, nasty, terrible to me, then I just hit delete. But I told, this is a woman, Kathy, and she said, you know, I would appreciate it if you could tell me, uh, hold on a minute, let me just get this out of the way, yes, I would appreciate it if you could tell me, uh, you know, uh, what happens when, you know, people in the know see, see the directory. I'm going to I'm going to kind of paraphrase this. My concern is the people who aren't paying attention. If you would add this question to a future interview, I'd appreciate it. In other words, what happens when everybody wakes up at the same time? And everybody will wake up at the same time. You know, that epiphany moment when you know uh, Noah was building the ark for what 100 plus 125 years. They were laughing at him. He was building it on dry land, and it never rained before until it rained on his head. And until it rained from the sky, water came up from the ground, and he's building a boat on dry land, a huge boat on dry land. And, of course, everybody, chee hee tee hee tee hee until, oh, oh, everybody wakes up at the same time. Well, I don't know if it's going to be as biblical as Noah, but I'm telling you, I don't know if it's going to – and here's what I wrote her back. And I said, you know, Kathy, I don't know what it'll take for people to wake up. Now, maybe it'll be a bank, quote, holiday, unquote, a dirty bomb terror attack, a collapse of the bond market, an implosion of the one quadrillion derivative market, uh, thus bank holiday. It could be war. Uh, there are so many things that could go bad uh, and go, uh, that could go bad quickly. Who knows? I do know things are getting weaker and weaker, and that means it's going to take less and less to implode the system. Think about that. I mean, look at the Baltic Dry Index. It's like one of the lowest it's ever been. Retail sales, you know, some big bankers, big analysts and banks are, are blaming it on the uh, unusually warm October weather. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so it's getting weaker and weaker, and that means that it's getting less and less resilient to a shock, less and less resilient to a shock. Does this have and, something to do with the employment report? And what I mean well, by that is if you this. drill down on the employment report, because they're thinking about raising interest rates, and if you well, know, here's my point: report. is the employment report is are those legitimate numbers that came out no, in the last? According to John Williams, Williams, they are not are legitimate they are, numbers. And are, they you, they, are they intended to give us a happy Christmas? Are they there? Is the Christmas, if Christmas turns into, you've had Doug Casey on your program, and he said we're going to have, I believe it was Doug Casey, who said we're going to have a horrible Christmas. Uh, that was uh, uh, Peter Schiff. Is that enough of a black swan to collapse the system? Pardon me? CNBC took that same exact headline. So tell me that they didn't look at my interview and ask the same question and try to get that and elicit that same headline. They got the same headline. I'm sure he said the same, some of the same things because his story's not going to change. But, you know, CNBC used that same headline. We're going to have a horrible Christmas. It was Peter Schiff. But does that explain the great employment report? It Could it be? And I'm just speculating. Do you agree, disagree, can't say? Is the employment report intended to make sure or try to make sure that we have a good Christmas? Because if we don't, is that enough to collapse the system? 
It's all enough to collapse. There are so many things, uh, Alfred, that could collapse the system. It's not even funny. But if you look down on the drill down, the employment reports part-time jobs, less than 29 hours a week. It's low wages. You can't support a family. You can't buy a car. You can't buy a house. You can't buy a big screen TV. You know, it's subsistence-level stuff. You have to have two jobs, not one job. They're 29 hours a week. Uh, they are low-paying. They are temporary. They're hiring people for, you know, the, the uh, department stores and things like that for temporary work. And then, in, you know, the second week in January, when they're all done sweeping the floors and getting ready, boom, they're out the door. And so uh, will this be enough for the Fed to raise interest rates? I know the banks want to make more money on interest, but uh, you have Christine Lagarde warning, who incidentally, uh, Christine Lagarde, the managing director of the IMF, used to be a head of a big law firm that did nothing but derivatives. I think she had a 2,700-person law firm. That's you think, why? what's her experience? That's the ticket. She did nothing but derivatives. And she's warning, I don't know why she just can't pick up the phone, I've said this before, she's warning, uh, you know, publicly, don't uh, don't raise interest rates, and I think she's doing that so they don't get the blame. I, I, what else? I think she could just call up the, the you know, hey, hon, hey, uh, Janet, it's me, uh, Christine, hey, sweetie, don't waste rates, honey. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a woman to a woman, and, you know, somebody nice to be polite. Uh, hey, don't raise rates, girlfriend. Uh, why don't you just do that? But no, she makes these public statements. And she and these are both smart women, very smart women, as smart as any man or smarter. So I'm saying, why does she have to make these public statements? Because she's freaking out about the derivative question. I think that's the big elephant, the fly in the ointment. That the you know that the very small moves and also the bond market. I mean, if the bell rings and that's the low on the interest rates, expect Wall Street to front run each and every single trade. Sell, sell, sell on that. What happens to, you know, you can lose control of interest rates in a hurry. I don't care what the derivative exposure is. And then you have all these banks that are marking these, you know, these uh, uh, credit default swaps and say, well, we got insurance. Uh, we can take all the risk we want. We, we insured it. Yeah, that worked great with AIG. Look at that. That was fabulous. So, we, have about two, we have about two minutes before we, t- we take our next break. You had Axel Merck on the program recently, and he talked about, the probability of negative interest rates for the next 10 years. Do you agree with that? Is this part of the problem we're going to see with interest rates? Are they, And is it good for the economy, bad for the economy? What does it it's imply? bad for the economy because it robs anybody that saves currency. So I don't know how you can have a currency with negative interest rates. If you have negative interest rates, and you're basically saying, hey, our money's worthless. You can't draw yeah. interest on it. Yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, look what's going on in the last seven years. Talk about robbery. I mean, I think Peter Schiff came up with this, that normalized interest rates would have would have rendered $400 billion a year in, in interest to uh, people with bank accounts. And people would have spent that interest. And they so say there's a downside to all this crap. And the downside is that you just took $400 a year out of the economy for the last seven years. What is that, $2.8 trillion? And an honest $2.8 trillion. Yes. Not even a contrived and $2.8 trillion to people who are rational enough, sensible enough to save money. These are a special breed of people. These aren't people who are too rich uh, or too big to fail or too rich to jail. These are people that are smart enough to save their money. They would have had more money to spend, and presumably they might have done a better job than the, uh, than the government did by handing it over to the big banks. Let's well, take a yeah. break. I mean, there were, and, 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 you know, I, I, this is something else, and I haven't even been on. I haven't been on with this. You know, I, I, one of my good friends is Gregory Manorino, and I put him on a lot, not just because he's my friend, because he's smart. He's very smart. 
Manorino. And he, and he points out to me, he says, hey, listen, you know, they're still doing this, right? And that means that this is an emergency action. They've been doing this since 08, emergency action, right? Emergency. So what they're saying by keeping interest rates at zero, or uh, now Janet Yellen is hinting at having them go negative, this is emer- we still have an emergency. Yeah. And I've been Do saying, you know what the legal significance of an emergency is? What's that? The laws are suspended. Well, they're totally When you're suspended. in an emergency, the laws are suspended. You don't have to worry about a one-way street. You don't have to worry about speed limits and the rest of it. If somebody's shooting at you, you can drive as fast as you got to drive to save your life. That's what an emergency, and that's the great danger. When government establishes we're in an emergency situation, they are essentially saying the laws do not apply. We'll do whatever we got to do to support to survive. Well, and, let's and let's look take a break. The, and people don't even respond. realize this. That save. You go ahead and respond to this concept of an emergency when we return. We're going to take a break for some commercial announcements. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival <laughs> with our guest Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Hi, folks. I'm here. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. And our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. And when we broke for commercials, Greg was going to say something about emergency, if I understand correctly. Is that right, Greg? Yes, and the point he was pointing out is that all this, I mean, think about this. This is a seven-year emergency uh, deal. Yeah. Uh, this is, a, you know, a, who knows what they're doing covertly behind the scenes with printing money and dollar swaps and uh, whatever they're doing. Uh, overtly, they have actually negative interest rates, even though they're 0 to 0.25%. Effectively, if you factor even the Fed's phony inflation, they're, they're negative interest rates. And uh, and I am of the mind that, uh, and Amanda Reno agrees with me, that neither, either way, either way, whatever they do, uh, they've been doing this, playing this game for a while. I also want to talk about COMEX and the leverage. I want to talk about the 300 to 1 leverage in COMEX. You, you'll love this. Uh, but anyway, either, no matter what they do uh, in December, it's going to be a big downside. If they raise rates, I mean, Nomi Prince came on who gave a, a speech to the Fed and IMF and, uh, I don't know, Bank of it, BIS, I believe it, what it, what it was, or the World Bank. But the Fed and the uh, IMF were there. Uh, and uh, she said, if you raise rates, uh, that's it. Party over. I mean, you know, ring the bell. That low on the, you know, the bond market, the rates are going to go up from here. You know, in, in, in uh, 1980, rates did nothing but go down. Look at, think about this on a long chart. 1980, Paul Volcker, people aren't going to buy gold. We're going to raise rates to 20%. Well, boom, man, since since those days, 1980, all the way, look at a chart. All the way down, 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 down. Now we're bouncing along the bottom at 0%. And they're thinking about taking this negative. I think that could be a huge, uh, terrible red flag sign that I think it's already a terrible sign. How long can you do that? How long can you be advertising, hey, our money's worthless? Well, here's the question on that. And you know, it, you, as, as long you point out, we're already, we're already, at, negative rates? Interest we're already at negative interest rates when you subtract yes. inflation. Comp. All right, the question then is how do we break the news to the public that this isn't news? This has been going on for some time. How do we tell the public, oh, guess what? We're going to have official negative interest rates rather than, you might say, implicit negative interest rates. Is that the well, problem? Telling the public? The reason why they haven't had implicit instead of, uh, you know, they haven't had actual, you know, nominal negative interest rates, because I think that's really, really, really close to the end of the, of the cycle. And I and there's so many things. That's why these war drums are beating. Catherine Austin's fit said something very scary, and she said, no collapse, and just before we do, we'll go to war. Now, that is scary. And look what's happening as things getting worse and worse, and the headlines worse and worse. What happens, what I think in December, the 15th, 16th, I think is the FMOC meeting, the Fed meeting, it, well, no matter what they do, there's going to be a, a negative reaction to no interest rates, OMG, the economy really does suck. And you guys don't have any credibility, or they raise it a quarter of a percent. And oh my, OMG, what are you doing? You're crazy in the derivative market. I don't know, I don't know, but I think it's going to be a negative reaction. They're just they just get to the point where no matter what they do, it's not a good re going to be a good reaction. That's a. And I want to talk about Comex, but before before we move on. I don't know what we do to tell the public. I mean, if you're that stupid, this is the problem, is that no, a lot of people are just not going to wake up until they wake up. And when they wake up, when it hits them in the face, there's going to be chaos, pandemonium. Maybe this is what they want. I don't know. So they can have martial law. They'll do something, and they'll have martial law. I don't know. I have no idea. But when it goes, it's going to go quick. 
and it's going to go fast, and it's going to go ugly. And they, you know, I mean, the, everybody thinks that everybody will run to the grocery store. Really, what are they going to pay with? They're going to run to the grocery store and do what? They're going to pay with what? Well, then they'll just be rioting and looting, and you know, because they won't. All their credit cards are going to not work. Their ATM cards are not going to work, and there's going to be damn few people with cash. I mean, if you go out to a restaurant and ask your waitress, the waitress, how often do people actually pay with cash? Are you going to get 10%, I don't know, 5, 15%, something like that's what waitresses will say. They love people that pay for cash, incidentally. Most people don't pay with cash anymore. And the long and short of all this is that when, I don't know what's going to cost people to wake up. And it could be, uh, there's so many things that could go sour, so many things that could push an already weakening and continually weakening system. Things are not getting stronger or stabilized. They're not. They're not. They're, yeah. It's weakening. All the overt evidence is weakening. And you, you know, it, and it's not the but, fourth fall falls let me out. Just bring it, let me just do this real quick. It's not a coincidence that they're hiring this Kashkari to be uh, president of the Minneapolis Federal Reserve today. I mean, he was the brainchild of the TARP program, the Troubled Asset Relief Program. I mean, he was all behind that. The, He's the, a the lie Sachs of the TARP program. He's there, there's three or four Goldman Sachs in there that are all head of the Federal Reserve. So, But it's not coincidence that he's bringing this in, that he's coming in at this point in time. So it all fits. And, you know, they also, works. It, yeah. But also in Europe, they, they're, they're making it a law that they can take your funds to bail out banks. And, they're, and they're, this is a story on Zero Hedge that they, they have a few holdouts in Sweden and other uh, places where they're saying, no, 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 we're not signing on. Oh, no, everybody has to sign on. This has to everybody because all the banks are interconnected. They can't have some banks not being able to steal people's deposits to, to stop the hemorrhaging. And That's they the want problem. the currency to be worth something, so they'll just steal your money. And on top of that, and I want to talk about COMEX, and everybody, and all your listeners probably listen to this, and let's just spend a minute on this, and I'm going to credit this with Craig Hemke, who's going to be on tonight. And he was telling me about the 300 to 1 leverage, 293 to 1, 300 to 1 leverage, uh, 300 paper contracts for every paper ounces of gold and paper contracts for every one ounce of physical gold. And I think I had Eric Sprott on. He was talking about how, you know, it takes about $150 million or so to buy all this inventory that is, you know, scheduled, that is eligible to deliver. And uh, and then uh, and I was talking about how this is just really this the COMEX, is, which is where gold is traded and prices are set globally, is just really a theater of fraud. And, you know, remember when it was 100 to 1 leverage? You know, that got exposed at some CFTC meeting. And then, oh, 100 to 1 leverage, you know. And then there was 200 to 1 leverage. And now it's 300 to 1 leverage. And I had Craig Hemke on. And what he what out came in this interview was yes it's fraud and uh, it's just and they're suppressing the demand. I said oh, uh, hold on a minute. So you're telling me that the 300 to one leverage is not just an expression of fraud. It is an expression of fraud to thwart the overwhelming unparalleled demand in the gold market. Oh yeah oh, yeah yes. And it's been going on for about two months. It's 300 to 1. Now, <laughs> the gold hasn't moved anywhere, as you know. I mean, at a very small range, at 11-something, 1090, 1080 to 1150. I mean, it's very small, narrow range. Why are people buying this? Why? What, who is buying all this? And he says, it's, we're getting close to the end. That's the other big headline. He says, I'm not going to predict the end of the world. You'll only be right once. Craig Hemke said this. Good idea. I'm predicting the end of the world. I'm telling you what's happening and how bad it's happening. And if I had some good news to tell you that we were paying off some debt and retiring debt and things were getting better, I would report it. And 
And but the three hundred to one leverage has said, Craig, 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 you gotta hit that. You you're looking at this the wrong way. You're looking at this like, oh, it's three hundred to one leverage and fraud. Oh no, 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 no. You, this three it's showing a signal of massive unparalleled demand. That's what three hundred to one leverage in the COMEX is showing. Massive demand. Well, and one that's other what's point. Going on. One other question. If we're gonna have three hundred ounces of paper gold being sold in the COMEX market for every one ounce that's available for trade. Is this evidence of the power of the people in positions of power? They can do this. They can do 300 to one. They can do 500 to one. They can do 1,000 to one. Is this evidence of power or is it evidence of desperation? It's, uh, it's both. It's power and desperation, but they only, this only goes on until they can no longer deliver. And that is the game we've been playing with Libya, for example, you know, the 144 tons of gold, which is what, half of what uh, Great Britain has gone. Poof, where'd that go? Into the market, probably. China has it melted into, you know, metric bars. Uh, or the gold that you heard about, you know, being, you know, the 40 tons in, um, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Ukraine. That's gone. I mean, you, you, who knows whose accounts have any money? Who knows whose accounts they choose to have any gold? Well, gold is money. Uh, but who knows who has their actual gold in holding? That's why people like, uh, you know, Matterhorn Capital Management, Egon von Grayers, you know your gold is there. It's not being leveraged in a, in a phony uh, market, a phony fraudulent, you know, a theater of fraud. Uh, that's what the LBMA is. That's what Comic is. Clearly, that's what it is. Now, the financial press won't cover this because what do they say? It's okay. It's three hundred to one leverage. It's what do they say? It's, they just ignore. This is the lie by omission that mainstream media does, whether it's financial press or whatever. Like we're not going to ask Hillary Clinton any questions about her being a outed as a liar in her own words. We're not going to ask uh, you know President Obama. Hey, why are your transcripts still sealed? You spent a couple of million bucks sealing your college transcripts. You know, Dr. Ben Carson, a world-renowned pediatric neurosurgeon. I mean, let's take a really hard, you know, medical discipline, neurosurgery, and let's miniaturize it. Let's make it for kids. I mean, he was world-renowned. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's shameful that crap. They, they called this thing at CNN an investigation. Whoa, I know what an investigation looks like. That ain't, that's a hack. That is a hack. There is no way that standards in legal and the people that I work with apply the same standards to that, that, oh, well, we couldn't find anybody, therefore he's a liar. I, it's unbelievable. That's really outrageous. And so I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is that, that this, this is coming to a close, Alfred. Yes, it is desperation. Yes, it is power. But, you know, it's kind of like you know, the, the, uh, the bankers got their way. They, did, they wanted derivatives with no uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, accounting standards, no kind of uh, uh, regulation, uh, no, uh, no guarantees. I mean, they want, look what happened. We got our first blow-up. They got exactly what it's like a kid saying, I want to eat nothing but chocolate chip cookies and sodas and cakes and candies. And, hey, that's great until you die. And the bankers got their their little uh, sugar rush. They got everything they wanted, and now they're in deep, deep stuff because they're so damn greedy. There's nobody, there's nobody there as a regulator, as any kind of regulation, any kind of hey, wait, hold on a minute, stop. And they bought all the they bought all the governments of the world, and that's why we're in the shape we're in. Yeah. So this gold thing only happens and only goes on as long as they have something to deliver. 
That game only goes on, and I think Captain Austin Fitz is right. Uh, at the moment, they think they're going to be losing control. I mean, you know, some nuke goes off somewhere, some ship gets sunk, some, I don't know. I don't know. But that'll be uh, an excuse and, and the other thing is, a, a this has never happened in recording history. This is what we're saying. There is no time where you can look, go back in history. Oh, yeah, in uh, 1056. This happened back. No, 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 no. Oh, back in the 30s. Oh, please, lot. No, 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 this didn't happen then. Oh, back in the. No, 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 this never happened. Well, back in the back in the days of Noah. Yeah, there you go. As in the days of Noah. Isn't that what it says in the Bible? Yes. That's what this is. This is going to be a paradigm change. This is not a trade. The person, well, you know, if you they told me the wrong thing and not the last five, what's five years in something that's never happened in 5,000 years? Yeah. Look at it not happening as a gift. Because it's going to happen. We've got a guest. You talked to Bill Holter recently. Yes. And he was, the headline in your article is China could reprice gold to $100,000 per ounce. That's Bill Holter's yes. opinion. I'm going to be much surprised to see $100,000 gold. I can expect 5,000, 10,000, maybe 20, maybe 50. I don't expect 100,000. Well, okay. Where stop, do you come stop. in on that? How do you account stop just stop for a minute. How do you account for the 20,000 cash deficit we have right now? A tri- 20,000 trillion. A trillion is 1,000 billion. Are you fully taking that in? Lawrence Kotlikoff, professor of economics at Boston well, I'm, University I'm aware. says we really I'm aware, but I think the debt will disappear. We really have 200 trillion of liabilities, $200 yep. trillion in liabilities. So anybody who's saying, I'll be surprised, that well, da, 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 stop, stop, whoop, oh, stop. Please account for how we're going to do that $20 trillion. Oh, we're not going how to. we have a quadrillion and in derivatives. No, we'll wipe out all of the paper assets, and that's what will be. That's the official number. I think we're going to get both. I, they're not. They're going to print money for some and let other people fail. It's going to be a carnival of inflation and deflation. It'll be unbelievable, unlike anything that you could ever imagine happening. So I don't know if the, I don't even know if the dollar will be around at a hundred thousand dollar gold. It'll be like confetti. It might be like Confederate dollars. Oh, I, I don't know. I agree with I that. Mean, I mean, it becomes. But it's it's interesting. It's mind boggling, and that's the kind of time we're in right now, where things are so strange. Nothing seems impossible. Well, a hundred thousand dollar gold. You know, a loaf of bread may be you know forty thousand dollars. I don't There's know. There's the problem. There's the problem. I, I, I'm talking about, if one you're thing going to hyperinflation. Sure. Yeah, we can see $100,000 gold, but not well, 100000 in roughly in terms of today's dollars. We've got about 20 seconds left. Greg, is there, would you like to advertise this evening's program? Uh, it'll come on after midnight. It's Craig Hemke. If you wanted to hear, a uh, really smart guy. Uh, he runs TF Metals Reports. Uh, Craig Hemke, he's got 20 years' experience in Wall Street. And he, I mean, during the middle of our interview, it's just like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. You're telling me that this is a reflection of, uh, of extreme demand, not just extreme fraud. He goes, yes, extreme fraud, uh, trying to suppress the extreme demand. That's why it's extreme. And that is a marker, my friends. That's not, you know, anything I tell you is not a trade. The end is near, and also for this program, today's program, the end is here. We're out of time. Greg, I want to thank you for being on the program. That's Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Recommend you all visit uh, his website. Take a look at his interviews. They're some of the finest on the Internet today. Greg, thank you for being on the program. I'm Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Greg, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye.
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Shanahan. 
All right, folks, good afternoon. I am your host, Jay Shanahan, and this is the Condition Critical Show, and I am live today, Christmas Eve. It is the 24th day of December 2015. It is four minutes past the 2 o'clock hour out here on the uh, West Coast. You are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Go to theamericanvoiceradio.com or americanvoiceradio.com, and you can join the show. You can get into the chat room. There's several people in there right now even though it is Christmas Eve. And I know many of us don't really celebrate Christmas like we like we used to. Uh, but nevertheless, it's still Christmas Eve, and so I can understand, you know, some people not being here, not listening, or so forth. So whatever. Uh, I'm here, and you guys are here, and I'm going to do a show. So having said all that, uh, you know, every week I like to, uh, and I don't have them keyed up, so let me... I got a, I got too many windows open here. Go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Yes, I said that. Also, the donate page. I like to uh, post this every week. Let me go ahead and get it. Like I said, I didn't have any of this keyed up. I was doing some other things just before the show. There's the donate link. Hey, you guys can go to my website too. ConditionCriticalShow.com. ConditionCriticalShow.com. You can go there. And you can check out, I've got a couple new articles that I, I put up on there. One is titled, You're in the Army Now. I think you might enjoy that. I don't know if I'll have time to get to that today. And the, the latest one is a conversation about race continued, because that's an ongoing thing. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to be able to really get to those today. I don't believe I have some other things I want to discuss. But you're welcome to go check those out. I put a lot of effort into them, and I kind of like them. So check them out, guys. Go to my website, Condition Critical Show. Dot com And what I'll do, yeah, I'll post that link in there, make it easy for you. Here we go. There is the link to my website, conditioncriticalshow.com. Okay. So let's just get on with what we're going to get on with. Now, this is going to not necessarily be a continuation, ironically, because Frank was talking about, towards the end of his show, he was going over like a list of things. And I was doing some other things at the time. I don't have that list in front of me, but it was interesting that he was doing that. And I'm glad he's going to continue with that uh, later on this evening, because I'll be interested in hearing the, the, the remainder of that list. But I've been wanting to do something ever since they passed this what's so-called omnibus bill. And it was passed on the 18th of December of this year. And it's a 2009 a page uh, bill. For, and that bill is $1.2 trillion, and they call it an omnibus spending bill. But in addition to that, there was a 233-page, $600 billion tax provision agreement that was passed at the same time. Now, both of these bills are going to fund the federal government through September of next year, which is 2016. Okay. And I'm just going to give you some details on that, if I may. And I'm reading it off of something kind of small here. Uh, my shorthand isn't what it used to be, so I might stumble a time or two. So just give me, just bear with me. And so I, I told you about the bill. And again, it's two, 2009 pages, and it with an additional 233 pages. And this bill adds over $112 billion worth of additional spending to the federal budget. It also fully funds President Obama's Middle Eastern Refugee Settlement Program. I think we all know what that is. So, I mean, we all know what that is, right? That's, they bring the Muslims over here. They put them in towns that don't want them. They bring them here 
against the American people's will. They just bring them here, and then we have to pay for it. And there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. What else does this bill do? I lost my spot here. Yeah, Middle Okay. It also upholds amnesty granted by executive action and was described by the White House as the largest spending on renewable energy in history. And if anybody really believes that, you're out of your mind. The federal government, it's just, that's kind of like the space program. You know, the, the, like there's this conspiracy out there that, you know, we didn't really go to the moon and that that was all done as a means to, you know, get the public to, you know, fund in a, in a large way the space program. And then what they did with that money is they used it for whatever they wanted to, black ops and so forth. That's the same thing when they're saying renewable energy and, and you know, they're going to fund solar energy. How long have we been hearing about solar energy? I'm 51 years old, and I can remember hearing about this when I was a kid. And it's still not. And it's a viable uh, resource. It's a viable way to pr- provide energy. But you don't, you don't think the oil companies are going to let them get away with that? Of course not. But, you know, the American people are gullible, and there you go. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, this was Representative Paul Ryan. Now, look, everybody should know about Paul Ryan by now. If you don't, Pat Buchanan wrote a pretty good article about him, and I don't have it in front of me. Perhaps later on, or this evening maybe, if I'm reminded, I'll post it. But Representative Paul Ryan described his first major legislative achievement as Speaker of their House in a statement titled, House Passes Spending Bill to Advance Republican Priorities. He actually said that. Okay. Uh, now... And another quote from Speaker Paul Ryan was, and this is a quote, look, in divided government, you don't get everything that you want. He actually said that as well. Okay. Again, now the bill adds, and there's some other, here's a quote by Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh said, and I quote, they elected Republicans to stop this. And now the Republicans have the largest number of seats in the House they've had in Congress since the Civil War. And it hasn't made any difference at all. You know, just elect Democrats, disband the Republican Party and let the Democrats run it, because that's what's happening anyway. Duh. I mean, how often, how many times have we been down this road? Again, I'm 51 years old and I've always been politically active and and so forth. And I, I, I remember sitting in truck stops when I was an over the road truck driver back in the mid 80s. And I would be reading USA Today about how it was always the Democrats, you know, saying that the Republicans don't compromise and and, and, you know, that they were never willing to reach across the aisle. And it's really it's and it, when I was reading it back then, I, I was even aware of it back then that that was so much of a load of crap because that's not the case. It's the Democrats. And we all know that that don't reach across the aisle. And it's the Democrats that really don't know how to compromise. And I don't blame them. I mean, why would they? Why would you if you have the majority, which they have had more often than not? Why would you compromise? But see, the Republicans. It's, it must be some kind of a brain defect. It, it must be. I can't, under, I can't understand it. A quote by uh, Senator Rand Paul, who voted against the bill, quote, it was over a trillion dollars. It was lumped all together, all 200, no, I'm sorry, all 2,242 pages. Nobody read it. So frankly, my biggest complaint is that I have no idea what kind of things they stuck in the bill. I voted against it because I won't vote for these enormous bills that no one has had a chance to read. Well, good for him. There's a few other quotes here. I guess I really don't have to go over them. They're all, you know, you're just going to be hearing like the the same old thing from the same old people. So let's just move on because I want to really get to some of the details about it. Uh, Let's see. But there is quite a few. Senator Ted Cruz, who voted against the bill, his quote was, quote, Republican leadership has proven to be 
the most democratic leaders we have ever seen. This does not honor the promises we made to the men and women who elected us. And you know what? I agree. But it's, again, how many times have we seen this? How many times has this happened? That they, and look, it can't be a coincidence that it just happened. It just can't be a coincidence each and every time, like a circumstance. You know, because I'm a fair guy. I think you guys are fair. Frank's a fair guy. We're all fair guys. I mean, we understand circumstances. And if something happens, and yeah, you know, but they, you know, kind of, and I, I get it. But that's not the case. That's not the case at all. I'll say it. They're liars. They, they are liars. Again, they're worse than the Democrats. At least the Democrats are up front with what they're going to do. They're going to rape you. That's, and they're up front about it. And if you don't like it, you're a racist. Oh, that's what the Democrats say. So at least they're upfront about it. The Republicans, they will campaign. And again, I don't understand the gullibleness, if you will, of the American people. But they keep falling for it. But they keep falling for it. Anyway, let's go to maybe another couple more quotes here. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio, one of only two senators who didn't even bother to show up, uh, uh, you know, for work to vote on the bill. So he didn't even vote on it. He didn't even show up. And his quote was, in essence, not voting for it is a vote against it. Rubio has missed over half of the votes which have taken place since October. Now, I guess you could blame that on the fact that he's uh, a candidate for president, I guess. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson, quote, billions of new unfunded spending, mountains of new debt, not to mention funding to bring Syrian refugees into our country and to keep funding for Planned Parenthood. I'm angry but no longer shocked. Some of my colleagues running for president talk a big game. They give angry speeches, but when the votes were counted, none of them even tried to stop this deal. They take their special interest money, collect their paychecks and pensions, and give us only rhetoric. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You don't want to hear Chuck Schumer's quote, Senator Chuck Schumer. He's a real piece of garbage. Uh, Donald Trump, his quote was, and I quote, the only special interest not being served by our government is the American people. If anyone needed more evidence of why the American people are suffering at the hands of their own government, look no further than the budget deal announced by Speaker Ryan. The American people will have to absorb higher deficits, greater debt, less economic liberty, and more corporate welfare. Congress cannot seem to help itself in bending to every whim of a special interest. How can they face their constituents when they continue to burden our children and grandchildren with debts they will never be able to repay. Our government is failing us, so we must do something about it. That was a quote from Donald Trump. And he's right. He's right. But, again, uh, I don't really see any way out of this. I think I mentioned it on my show on Tuesday, towards the end of my show, and I'm going to repeat it because it needs to be repeated. We We can no longer talk our way out of this. We can no longer vote our way out of this mess, okay? We can't. So that only really leaves a couple of options. Actually, it really only leaves one option, and I'll leave you to wonder about that option. Let me move on. And again, I'm reading from something kind of small here. So, And again, my shorthand is terrible. I don't know how you guys' shorthand is, but mine is very bad. Uh, Let's see here. The bill included... I'm just going to go over some of the details. Uh, the bill included $1.6 billion in funding for necessary expenses for refugee and entrance assistance activities and, addition, and additional aid to resettle illegal immigrants arriving at the U.S. border. Uh, now, I think I brought up, Hillary Clinton brought this up as one of her campaign promises, how she wanted to uh, 
help, and I forget all the details, but how she was going to make it easier, so to speak, for illegal aliens and these, these Muslim refugees, make it less certainly of a financial burden. So I guess that's what they mean by uh, expenses for refugee and entrance assistance activities. So it's, you know, it's not only, I mean, it's like, it's like a fully funded, it's like a all expenses paid, man, uh, permanent vacation. For these people, at, at, your, at our expense, mind you, how nice, how nice. I mean, how nice. We're just so uh, benevolent. Well, isn't our gov- government so benevolent with our, with our money? I mean, it's unbelievable. The bill quadruples the issuance of low-wage H-2B visas, which allow employers to hire additional foreign workers. Workers tied to their employer specifically through their visa, which the employer can pull at any time like tech surfs. Now, Frank has mentioned this numerous times, but it's worth mentioning again how this happens. Here's, check this out, guys. You know, I live in the Seattle area. I'm not that far away. I'm 45 miles or so south. Seattle supposedly this... Now, first of all, it's a, it's, a, it's a very liberal city. Always has been. Even more so now than ever. They have a homosexual sodomite mayor. He's a disgusting person. And, and it's, it's, it's a liberal city. And let me find it here. The medium home value in Seattle, the medium home value in Seattle is $521,400. And that has gone up 12.7% over the past year. Let me ask you, what middle class person do you know, liberal or otherwise, that can afford a home? The the average home, the average home, you know, the vast majority costs substantially more than that. That's over a half a million dollars. And now that has gone up 12.7% just over the last year. And it's predicted to go up, and Zillow, Zillow is some kind of a, uh, maybe you guys have heard of them, I've heard of them, there's some kind of real estate something. They predict that the uh, prices will rise an additional 6.6% within the next year. So, with these HB2 visas, who's going to be able to afford a house? Even, Even these people that they bring over here essentially as wage slaves. And more so than the American worker as a wage slave, these people really are. They have, their visas are tied to their, to, their, to their job. And so when, you know, when they get together in the lunchroom, you know, Haji and, and, and Punjai and all the Indians and so forth, and they're kind of griping about, man, and, and here's the thing. They're not just getting together in the lunchroom. They're together at home, too, because they all live in, like, one small apartment, like all 27 of them, and they poop in a garbage can because that's kind of what they do at home. So they're never going to be able to afford these homes. Who's affording these homes, I wonder? $521,400 is the average medium price of a home. Who's affording that, guys? Less and less people, that's who. All because of our government and the things like that have just happened with this uh, spending bill that just got shoved down our throats. Let me go to a few more details here. Uh, Let's see. It also includes... Adjustments to the visa waiver program, which allows over 20 million visitors into the United States annually with minimal screening. The bill increased information sharing with uh, 38 countries whose passport holders are allowed to enter the United States without receiving visas. Uh, joint statements. Here's, a, uh, here's a Senator Shelby and Senator Sessions noted in the joint statement, and, they, and the quote is, the omnibus bill would put the U.S. on path to approve admission for hundreds of thousands of migrants from a broad range of countries with jihadist movements over the next 12 months, on top of all the other autopilot annual immigration. 
Well, you know, the only thing I really have to say about that, now these are two Republicans, obviously, well, maybe not obviously to some people, Senator Shelby and Senator Session, I believe one's from Texas and I think the other one's from Tennessee. I could be wrong. But, you know, when they talk about, you know, these other countries uh, with jihadist movements, that's our fault. That's on us. Just simple as that, that that's on us. Yeah, I know the government did it, but that's on us. We're the ones that go around the world wreaking havoc. Just us. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Do you do you hear of China like just invading random countries? No, you don't hear that. Do you hear Russia doing that? No, you don't hear that. It doesn't happen. It's not true. How about Korea? How about North Korea? No. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about, well, I was going to say England, but they're part of us. So, yeah, you hear about them because they're like kind of in tow with us. And I feel bad for them, really. I, I kind of do. You know, it's not really my mother country. But, you know, they've, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, they would rather not tie their, you know, their boat, really, or their anchor or whatever you want to call it uh, to the American ship that is going down uh, because they've seen it happen. They've seen how they've seen how a a, a nation could become an empire and then fall. They've seen it firsthand. And so I think that they would rather maybe sit a lot of these other things. out. But they you know, they really can't. We're kind of we're kind of just married together for whatever strange reason. So let me move on. Oh, let's see here. Here's something. Here's one of the provisions. The Secure the Fence Act was passed in 2006 and promised a 700-mile double-layer border fence along the southern U.S. border. Before the fence could be constructed, funding was stripped, and thus the project remains dormant. No funding for the Secure Fence Act was included in the new spending bill. Now, do you recall Senator John McCain? And, I, I you know, when I say his name, I have to almost retch because he's really a disgusting person. Do you remember that commercial he did when he was running for president? You know, he, he had that, like, bomber's jacket on, had his hands in his pocket, and he was walking along with, like, a, uh, what was it, like a Border Patrol agent, and uh, we're going to build the fence. And it was, it was hilarious, really. But people buy it, you know, because they keep reelecting John McCain. So, anyway, let's move on. We got a little bit of time before the break, so let's move on. Also included... Also included in the bill were extension of tax credits for business research and development costs, allowing businesses to recoup up to 15% of such costs. A permanent extension of the child tax credit of $1,000 per qualifying child. This isn't just a tax break. This is a direct subsidy for low-income parents who don't make enough money to even pay income taxes. And families with a tax bill less than $1,000, less than $1,000 credit will receive a payment equal to 15% of their earnings over $3,000. And, 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 you know, those of us that have children, you know, we're aware of this child tax credit. It's just a scheme. I've known it all along. It's like the uh, mortgage deduction for owning a home. I've said that was a scheme from the get-go. What that is to me, that's like, uh, that's like, uh, you know, duping someone into buying a house they can't afford just so they can deduct the the, the tax the mortgage tax. It makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It's just another scheme that people just fall for. And look, you know, they don't just fall for it. They would be outraged if these types of provisions were actually removed. They would be outraged. What's the government doing? And I just, I'm outraged. I'm, I tell you, I'm calling my senator. So yeah, that's just another scheme. All right, let me move on. We got a little bit more time here. 
Okay, let's see. Here's a... Hold on. Again, I'm reading this from a very small screen. Here's something. The Land and Water Conservation Fund, which pays for government entities to purchase property for environmental protection, uh, environmental protection was reauthorized for three additional years. Land and Water Conservation Fund. These are the types of things. Now, it doesn't give the, any kind of amount, dollar amount, to with that, you know, how much money was authorized for that. But you can be certain that it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars, and nobody really knows what it means. That's the type of thing. These are the type of things that the uh, that they put in here that nobody knows what the heck it means. Here's something else. The United States. Oh, that's something about oil. We don't need to know about that. Y'all know about that. Well, let's see here. Uh, it says it fully funds President Obama's new global climate initiative, which provides U.S. taxpayer dollars to third world countries if they support the treaty. Uh, this means that the Environmental Protection Agency can be used to enforce a deal without further approval from Congress. And that really is was the whole gist and is going to be the whole gist of this with a so-called, what was it, the Paris Climate Change Summit. It wasn't a treaty. Uh, it was just, ne- it, and it wasn't even really an agreement. It was basically just a, you know, it was a, basically a dog and pony show. And that's really all it was. And it, and, it, and it really was just another way for this federal government, at least, to subvert Congress and subvert the will of the American people, you know, and try and shame us, really. They get these other countries involved, some of them so small you've never even heard of, you know, and they got all these, uh, what do you call it? They got all these uh, sad little tales about how their ponds are, you know, polluted because of, you know, water recession and so forth. And it makes people feel bad. No, we just, we really should support that. That's how dumb. And and I got to be frank with you. That's no pun intended there. Uh, That's how ignorant people are, that they fall for that that type of stuff. And you look, and again, it's not going to change. We, we can't talk our way out of it any longer, and we can't vote our way out of it any longer, guys. It's up to us all. It really is up to us all to band together and to, you know, pull the third option, if you will. And that's the only thing they're going to understand. I'm going to keep saying that, and I, don't, uh, and, I, and I apologize if it sounds redundant, but it really needs to keep being said that we can't talk our way out of it any longer. So... That's about it, guys. There's just really a lot of, uh, oh, there's just really just a lot of, like, quotes from senators and so forth, and then some commentary that, that you don't really need to, to, to hear, because you can find it all on your own on the Internet. But I thought I'd pass some of that off to you, some of that information. Again, I, I wrote, at least I wrote down some of the, uh, the more important points, that it is a, over a 2,200-page bill that adds 112 $112 billion to the federal budget. Uh, where were they going to get that money? You know, I don't understand where they think they're going to get the money. Because here's the other thing. Here's the other part of the equation. They, they can't tax their way out of They can't raise taxes enough to support anything anymore. So I don't even really understand what they're thinking. But, hey, you know, I'm just a truck driver, as I like to say, and apparently they're smarter than I am, so... Uh, you know, when we get back from the break, I'm going to move on to a couple other things. And uh, so we'll see you after the break. 
The battle with a bony knees He's coming down the street with no shoes and his feet And he's going to... No, no, that ain't it Mama, mamacita, donde esta Santa Claus? The guy with the hair on his jaws Hey, man, come over here, man I need some help, man Yeah, man, I can dig that Like, uh, what are you doing, man? I'm trying to write a song about Santa Claus, man But it's not coming about out About who, man? man? About Santa Claus, man You know Santa Claus, oh, man Oh, yeah, man I played yeah, with those dudes, man What? Yeah, last year at the Fillmore, man Me and you the bass player sat in, man Oh, <laughs> hey, man You think Santa Claus is a groove, huh? No, it's not a groove, man Would they break up, man? Oh, no, man, it's one guy, man You know, he had, he had a red suit on, man With black pant leather shoes You know the guy Hey, man. Oh, yeah. He's with Motown, ain't he? No, man. Yeah, I played no. with that dude, oh. too. Man. <laughs> no, yeah, he's man. a good singer, man. No, no. Hold on, man. He's not with Motown, man. Well, then he's with Buddha, man. No. Oh, man. You don't know who Santa Claus is, man. Yeah, well, I'm not from here, man. Like, I'm from Pittsburgh, man. I don't know too many local dudes. Oh, I see. Well, hey, man. Sit back and relax, and I'll tell you the story about Santa Claus, man. Listen. Once upon a time, about mm, five years ago, there was this groovy dude, and his name was Santa Claus, you know? And he used to live over in the projects with his old lady. And they had a pretty good thing together because his old lady was really fine, and, and she could cook and all that stuff like that, you know? Like, she made the best brownies in town, man. Oh, I could remember them now, man. I could eat one of them, man. Wow, oh, wow. did you know these people, man? Oh, yeah, man. They used to live next door to me, you know, until they got kicked out, man. Oh, I think I kicked out of the projects, man. Yeah, you know what happened, man? They used to live with all these midgets, you know? And the midgets used to make a lot of noise, you know, like pounding and hammering and pounding all night, man. Wow. Typical freaks. Oh, man. yeah, man. They were really freaks, man. As a matter of fact, they all moved up north together, you know? Oh, they have to go get their head together, man. <laughs> yeah, get their head together, man. And they started a, a commune, you know? It was called the uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady Commune. It was a real famous one up there, man. And, and they used to sit around and groove all the time, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really good time, man. Yeah, that sounds the, Yeah, eat the brownies, man. They drink the tea, man. And, and what they did most of the time, though, was make a lot of goodies, you know? Oh, yeah. And they had everything they needed. They only needed to come into town maybe once a year or something like that. Pick you know? up the welfare check and the food stamp. <laughs> yeah. No, no, what they did, man, is once a year, when they made all the goodies, you know, they used to put them in a big chopping bag, and then they used to take the chopping bag and deliver them to all all the boys and girls all the way around the world, hey, man. Hey, well, that's it, man. Yeah, that's real nice. Movie. Oh, yeah, they were really nice people, man. And so much class, man. They had so much class, you know. Like, like even take the way they used to deliver the toys, you know. It's like Santa Claus used to have this really sharp short, man, you know. It was lowered to the ground at twice pipes, candy apple red, button top, ooh, clean. That sounds like a hip snowmobile, mm -hmm. man. No, no, it wasn't a snowmobile. It was a sled, you know. One of those big sleds, you know? And he, and he used to have it pulled by some reindeers, you know, like reindeers? Some what, man? Some reindeers, you know? He used to hook them onto the sled, and then he used to stand up inside the sled and hold onto the reins, and then call out their names, like, On Donner, On Blissin, On Chewy, On Tavo, come on, Beto! And then the reindeers used to take off into the sky and fly across the sky, man. Wow. 
man, that's far out, man. <laughs> yeah, and then when they fly across the sky, they used to come down to places like, oh, Chicago, L.A., Nueva York, and Pacoima, and all those places, you know, and then land on top of people's roofs, and then old Santa Claus would make himself real small, you know, like a real small guy, and he'd come down the chimney, and then he would give you all the stuff that he made, man, and do this, man, he did it all in one night, man. Hey, just a minute, man, now how'd he do that, man? Oh, well, man, he took the freeway. How else, man? No, man. <laughs> no, man. How did he do all that other stuff, man? Like, how did he make himself small, man? And how did he, like, how did he get the reindeer off the ground, man? Oh, well, man, he had some magic dust, man. Some magic dust? Yeah, magic dust. You know, he used to give a little bit to the reindeer, a little bit to Santa Claus, a little bit more for Santa Claus, a little bit more. And this would get the reindeer off, man? Oh, got him off, man. Are you kidding me? They flew all the way around the world, man. <laughs> hey, that's far out, man. Hey, how come I've never met this dude, man? Oh, man, he doesn't do that bit anymore, man. It got too dangerous. Man. Yeah, I can dig that, man, because that's a dangerous bit. Man. Yeah, let me tell you, it sure was, man. Like, just two years ago, man, he got stopped at the border, you know, and they took him into another room and took off his clothes, man, and searched him and searched his bag of goodies, man. And then when he was leaving, man, he was flying through the air. Somebody took a shot at his reindeer, you know? Oh, that's a drag. Yeah, it really was, man. And then, man, he went down south, man, and they tried to cut off his hair and his beard, man. And all the time he was getting stopped and pulled over and asked for his ID, man. Just, just everywhere he went, he ran into too much recession, man. No, man, you mean he ran into too much repression, man. A repression, recession, man. It's all the same thing, man. Yeah, man. It's a drag, man, because we could sure use a dude like that right now. Yeah, oh, well, he still comes around, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but, but he comes in disguises now. Oh, he went underground. Yeah, man. underground, man. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. Hey, but you want to see his disguise, man? Nobody would ever know it was him, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's got a job in front of the department store, ringing this bell and playing this tambourine next to this black pot, you know? Oh, i seen the dude. Yeah, man. you know who I'm talking about, yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. I played with that cat last year, man. man. What? Yeah, we played in front of a store, man. We made a lot of Oh, bread, hey, man. wait a minute, man. Santa Claus is not a musician, man. I'm hip, man. I can't didn't know any tunes, man. Oh, hey, wait a minute, man. No, he's not into that at all, man. No, I played with this dude. Are you sure, man? I'm positive. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. branch has a 
Mission Church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need, first aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. second half of the condition critical show this is my live show christmas eve 24th of december 2015 39 minutes past the hour and yes uh this music i thought cheech and chong i thought that would just be kind of an okay song to play it is christmas eve and all and it, it wasn't vulgar in any way as far as i know eh, or i don't think frank would allow me to play it. second song I wanted it to be short because the Cheech and Chong song was kind of so long. So Neil Young on that second song there. 
All right. Let me uh, tie up and wrap up with what I was talking about somewhat in the first half of the show. Only so far as this, I'm not going to go over the omnibus bill anymore, but, you know, Congress, you know, they, they, they do what they're going to do. But you know what? Most of them really don't. Here's an article, and I meant to cover this a couple of weeks ago because this is, it's dated November 10th, but it's still, it's still very relevant. And the headline is, these 10 members of Congress missed hundreds of House votes. And so I'll just go through them, uh, one through ten. The first one would be Bobby Rush. He's a Democrat from Illinois. He's missed 22% of the votes. And there's some quotations under that. Rush missed 1,549 of 6,906 eligible votes. He missed hundreds of votes during a five-month span in 2008 while he underwent surgery to move a cancerous salivary uh, gland tumor. Uh, Rush did not respond to questions about his voting record. Second... And I find this one interesting. Louis Gutierrez, we've all heard of him. He's a Democrat. Spick, I said that, from Illinois, 15% of his votes. Gutierrez missed 1,044 of 6,902 eligible votes. Almost all of Gutierrez's time away from Washington is attributed to work on illegal immigration reform. Well, I said illegal. It says immigration reform here, but we know what that means. Uh, his spokesman, Doug uh, Rivlin said Gutierrez also travels several times a year to Puerto Rico, where his mother and other family live. So the voters, which it doesn't matter because they're, they're like him, but some of them may not be. Here's the thing. I live in a very liberal district. I, well, at least my representative is, and I, you know, he, but he still has to represent me. You know, so the people that didn't vote for Luis Gutierrez in Illinois, he misses all these votes, yet... He has time to travel around with his work on what they say immigration reform. But you know what that is. That's illegal immigration. Uh, amnesty is what they're doing. The third in line is Ruben, I don't know how do you say his name, Hanajosa. He's a Democrat from Texas, 13%. Hanajosa missed 874 of 6,906 eligible votes. Hanajosa missed several votes in early 2015. Uh, recovering from knee surgery, and his staff didn't want to comment either. Fourth in line, we finally get to a Republican fourth in line, Don Young, Republican from Alaska, 12%, and he missed 828 of 6,906 eligible votes, and Young attributed several missed votes in February due to the flu, despite having taken a flu shot, he notes. Well, there you go. There's a, that's, a, that's a fine... Uh, what do you call it, recommendation, if you will, for getting your flu shot. And there's a quote, like most members of Congress, Representative Young has missed votes. This is from a spokesman. Spokesman Matthew Succaro said, it's not something he likes to do, but there are instances where he is meeting with constituents who have traveled thousands of miles to meet him and others when he, is, uh, he, when he himself is traveling to and from the state to attend important meetings or events. Just an excuse. Uh, fifth in line is another Democrat. Alma Adams, she's a Democrat from North Carolina, 12%. She was elected in 2014. Adams missed a handful of votes due to sickness and death of her mother in June. And here's a quote from her spokeswoman, Shonda Reddick-Smith. Anyone who has a lot of, anyone who has lost a parent or loved one knows much time and energy goes into laying them to rest. A person also deserves time to grieve in their own right. It's just another excuse. You were elected to Congress there, Ms. Adams. Okay, and yeah, people do have loved ones perish and so forth. But you know what? Uh, I only get so much time away from my job. I mean, you know, even if 
uh, a loved one dies. There, dummy. Uh, sixth in line, here he is, the infamous Charles Rangel, the Democrat from New York, 11%. He's missed 787 of 6,906 votes. He missed several votes in 2012, recovering from a spinal infection. You know, guys, I've been seeing a lot of, like, sickness and different things in here. Again, I ask, uh, did you get, like, that kind of, if you were to miss all kinds of important stuff at your job due to the, the, those types of instances, how long do you think they'd keep you? They wouldn't keep you. They wouldn't keep you. But these people and the money they make, we all know about that. Let's see here with the, uh, despite that, spokeswoman Hannah Kim called Wrangle, and this is a quote, a reliable voter with one of the higher percentages in the House. Well, there you go dating back to his first votes in 1971. That's how long that scumbag's been in Congress. Uh, these, missed, uh, these votes were missed largely due to rare circumstances, such as the recent historic trip to Africa with President Obama and hospitalization in 2012, which apparently brought his percentages down, Kim said. So he got to take a historic trip with the president to Africa, and that's why he wasn't doing his job. See, because really for them, this is just like an all paid like the illegal immigrants and, and the, the, the Muslim refugees that get brought into this country. It's an all-expense paid permanent vacation. I mean, permanent vacation, just paid, just for these, guys, for these guys as well. Seventh in line is Jackie Spencer, another Democrat. She's from California, or it could be a, a guy. Jackie Spencer, Democrat from California, 11%. Uh, percent. Uh, it's a she. She uh, says she attended most important votes and missed significant time due to, come on, wait for it, sick parents and a mother-in-law and time out with the flu. Another one had the flu. I'd say most people in Washington take voting seriously, but sometimes life happens and nobody begrudges you time with your family when they're dying or if you have a family member graduating high school. Spear, this is her, his, her spokesperson, told USA Today, the culture in Congress is one that you don't have to go home, even for close friend's funeral. But I'm of a different belief, and I wasn't going to miss my dearest friend's funeral. Okay. Eighth is Jamie Herrera Boutier, a Republican from uh, Washington. So we have a re- another Republican, or at least uh, one more Republican. Herrera Boutier, or Butler, uh, missed 370 of 3,000. 379 eligible votes. This is a female. She missed dozens of votes in 2013 after the birth of her daughter, Abigail. The miracle baby was born with Potter's syndrome, usually a fatal diagnosis that required significant medical care. During that time, Jamie still made it to D.C. for critical votes that held significant interest to her constituents. So there you go. Somebody else at uh, circumstances, right. Uh, Number nine is Ken Buck, a Republican from Colorado, 10%. And let's see here. Uh, he missed 59 of 581 eligible votes. He, he missed several votes in September while home recovering from back surgery. It's kind of getting to be a, uh, a theme here. And for a trip to Kansas for the pinning ceremony of his son's promotion in the U.S. Army. Wow. Okay. You know, I remember when I got promoted to corporal uh, when I was in the 1st Ranger Battalion and well, I, there was nobody there. My, you know, my dad was a truck driver, and he just he didn't make it. So, hey, I guess, you know, he should have been a congressman. As for logging a reason in the congressional record, I think it's one of the most important conservative. I, I think it's one of the I, – I think I'm one of the most conservative members of Congress. Re- Representative Buck's uh, position on issues is pretty clear, said spokesman uh, Kyle Hewa. 
Also, constituents are encouraged to reach out to his office if they have questions about how he how he would have voted. <laughs> What's the point? You know, you didn't vote. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, and last but not least is Trent Kelly, a Republican from Mississippi. Interesting how they kind of uh, wonder if they did that on purpose, that they kind of at the end kind of made it, you know, even. So this is Trent Kelly, Republican, Mississippi, 10%. Kelly missed 26 of 271 eligible votes. Kelly missed votes uh, in June. His missed votes in June were due to military service with the Mississippi National Guard. Quote, I had a prior commitment to this nation and to 1,400 soldiers, Kelly said to a spokeswoman. Uh, spokeswoman. I, discussed with leadership, uh, I discussed with leadership that I made the commitment prior to being elected and honored that commitment to this nation and to those soldiers. Well, okay, Trent Kelly, I guess he gets somewhat of a pass. Uh, at least for me, temporarily. And why did I go through all that? It was maybe somewhat boring, but a bit enlightening. And the reason I went through that all that is because of what I talked about in the first part of the show. You got this $112 billion omnibus spending package. It's an outrageous, it's, it's an outrageous, I mean, people can't really even imagine that amount of money. I think, you know, and I don't know, I haven't Googled it, but I'm you know, people have in the past. And I'm guessing if you were to like stack that money, like just stack it on it, it would probably reach halfway to the moon or maybe even the whole way to the moon. That's, that's how outrageous these things are. And this is how serious these people that we elect take their job. And well, they don't take it very serious. They don't. And as a matter of fact, some of them do it for personal gain. Luis Gutierrez, obviously the guy's a piece of garbage. He admittedly, admittedly, has attributed, you know, uh, a lot of his missed time there to work on immigration reform. Hey, if you want to do work on immigration reform there, Luis Gutierrez, why don't you get out of Congress and go get yourself a job as uh, an immigration reform <clears throat> a lawyer, <clears throat> excuse me, or an attorney, and drink a water? But no, why would he want to do that? Why would he? Why get a job? <laughs> you know, why would you want to get a job? when you can get elected to Congress and get to do anything that you want, which this article, and again, this is from this year, November 10th, proves. And then, you know, they mentioned Marco Rubio at the beginning here, uh, and I'll just kind of read just from the top. Again, the headline is uh, that these 10 members of Congress miss hundreds of House votes. And it starts off, Senator Marco Rubio took some lumps in the presidential race uh, from his Floridian Foil, Jeb Bush, for missing about a third of his votes this year, but he's not alone in failing to show up in Washington. Plenty, member, plenty of members of Congress have missed a tenth or more of eligible floor votes since 2007, according to a new tool created by the nonprofit journalism outfit ProPublica. So, you know, that's why, guys, that I brought that up. It's just to really prove, and I don't know that many of us really need that proof, which kind of leads me that kind of puts my, you know, I'm confused there. If most people know, and most people seem to do know, that we have a serious problem in this country with our representatives, with Congress, with the federal government, it seems like, again, everybody's willing to complain about it. But at the same time, nobody's really willing to do anything about it. In fact, they'll do worse. They'll vote them back in. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. You got to get off of that, because that doesn't make any sense. I think in one of my first shows, I, I railed on that. How ridiculous that sounds! The lesser of two evils. That doesn't make any sense. That would be like me saying, "Which arm do you want me to hack off?" 
Like if I were to ask Frank right now to come on the air and say, Frank, uh, I'm going to drive down there, and you have to pick which arm. Which arm do you want me to hack off? Well, that's no choice, but that's what we're asked. That's what the American people are left with during with every election cycle. And it's going to be no different this time around. And I was going to say, in fact, it's going to be worse, but I don't know if it can get any worse. I really don't know if it can get any worse. I think it just is what it is. I think we've reached the bottom. I, I really do. I think we have reached the bottom. There is no that we can't we cannot descend any further we're at the bottom we just need to figure it out the sooner we figure it out that we are at the bottom and there's nothing left there's no more gas in the tank there's no more options there's no more voting for the lesser of two evils once we figure that out i believe once we figure that out things will change rapidly it will i think it will amaze most people how fast things will change once we figure that out but it's going to take a great deal of courage, okay? Not necessarily effort, because what kind of effort really does it take? Most people are pretty smart, and, you know, most people can kind of really pay attention. So it's not really going to take a great deal of effort and brain power. It's just going to take some courage. It's going to take courage like things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. We have to, we have to accept that. I have, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I've talked about it. Frank has talked about it. Lots of us have. It goes on in the chat room all the time about being prepared and so forth. You you know, you're really going to have to be prepared. You know, we might lose cable television for a while, guys. Uh, Gas prices might go up for a while, guys. Some things might happen. There might be some food uh, food shortages. Some of these things are going to, but look, they're going to happen anyway. They are going to happen anyway, whether you do anything about it or not. I would just rather have a fighting chance. I would rather have a say in, in how things are going to end up. I would rather take that chance instead of, instead of dying on my knees like a coward. No offense. I would rather have a say in what, how things are going to end up. I don't want those people, the 535 of them, and, you know, and I include the Supreme Court in there, so whatever the number is, 500 and Google it. You know what I'm talking about, the entire federal government. And now look at the same time, because on my show on Tuesday, I mentioned when I talk about government now, I'm going to include even the most local, even the most smallest of village governments, all of them, because it's the whole, the federal government has infected, has literally infected the, the whole system. And, you know, and maybe it used to be that just the federal government was corrupt, not used to be it. I mean, that, that, that part was obvious. But there were still some good local governments out there. That's really no longer the case, guys. It just isn't any longer the case. And if it is, it's so small. You know, the percentage of it or the the amount is so small that it's uh, unregisterable. That's how that's how deep the infection has gone. That's how corrupt it has become. You have towns, and certainly these large cities that they're so dependent on federal money. And when I hear that, I want to scream. I'm like, what are you talking about, federal money? The federal government doesn't have any money of their own. They get it from somebody. They steal it from somebody. And so for a state to say, oh, well, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to lose our federal highway funds. Well, you know what I've always said about that, and I've been saying it for about 30 years. If I were a governor of a state, 
I would just say, hey, you know what, <laughs> keep keep it. Whatever you have, keep, because we're no longer going to collect federal gas tax at the pump for you anymore. So there you go, federal government. Then what would they do? They, you can't hold that over me anymore. Same thing with the education funds. Where do you think the government gets money for education? Again, folks, they don't have any money of their own. They have no money of their own. I don't know. Maybe people don't understand that fact. They steal it from somebody, and then they divvy it up. That's, and that's where the corruption comes in. So we need to have the courage to be able to put our foot down and start telling our representatives, hey, look, I did something. I know we're getting close to the end of the show, and this is maybe somewhat off kilter here. Not off kilter, but it's a bit off track. Uh, I talked about gun-free zones, and Frank and I invited him on my show last Thursday, and we talked about it, how maybe we can turn the tables. And Frank, uh, he recommended, you know, maybe sending a letter to the local school district or so forth. Well, I did that, and I got a response. Well, I got a reply. I haven't necessarily got a response. It's, I called back today, and, of course, it's uh, Chris, uh, Christmas Eve. So we can do things. Now, the guy left me a pretty lengthy uh, uh, voicemail, and he said, look, I'm really interested in what you're what – you're, he said, I got some thoughts, but I'm kind of want to know what you have to say. So I'm looking forward to speaking with – I got some time left. Here's the thing. You know, when I, I went to the Clover Park School District website and looked up superintendent, of course, now the whole school board comes up. Now, there, there's like a dozen of them or nine or whatever it was, right? Funny, though, funny. This was, I, I, I thought this was odd, at least, that Kathy LeBeau, who is the superintendent of Clover Park School District, didn't provide an email address. Every one of them, all the other ones did. I thought, well, that's, that's kind of odd. Wonder why the superintendent wouldn't provide an email address. Eh, oh well, whatever. So I just picked the next one, really. And so Paul Wagaman is a school board member, and he's the one that I emailed. And I don't have it in front of me. I mean, I could paraphrase, but I, it was just about gun-free zones and how if if a deranged gunman win and if a deranged gunsman shows up. I went over it on Thursday. How that you know I would personally hold them accountable and see that they were brought to justice for negligence and so forth. But my point is, guys, is that that's how we can change things. Maybe something could get done there. I don't know. But it's, it's, I'm doing something. And maybe more of us, not maybe, we all need to do more. Well, guys, I hear the music. Uh, it's been good being here today. It is Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas to you all if you celebrate it and so forth. God bless each and every one of you. I say it every week. I'm going to say it again. Freedom comes from the sword. See you next week. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
with Mission Watch Live. We are warning the world as it happens. If you need help with anything after this program, call me. If you need a prayer, you can call me for that also. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886 because we are here for you. You can always find updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. Of course, you, you're supposed to put that www thing in front of it, but if you just go prophecyhour.com, you're going to find our website. Anyway, our program archives can also be found over there at prophecyhour.com. And if you, once you get there, if you go on the right-hand side of the page and scroll down, there's a box that says End Time Radio Archives. That'll take you to branch.podomatic.com. This has a, a Google app, or it has an Apple app and a Google app, so you can go over there and download those to your smartphone, because I, I hear that large, what I think it's 50%, 50% of the people that listen to talk radio now are listening on their smartphone. So go over there and download the app and listen to the programs, and also prophecyhour.com. We try to keep you apprised of the latest news in the world, and there is sure a lot going on with uh, the Russian ruble has dropped through the floor. They're expecting a run on the banks over there, and many, many other things. It looks like currency across the world is going through a tumble due to oil prices or something else. Anyway, we're going to have a prayer, and then we'll bring on tonight's guest. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray, Father, I pray that radio goes to not according to your will and not my will, nor my guest's will. So please, Father, give us all ears in which to hear the truth, and please give us what we need for this program. Amen and amen. Well, you know, folks, we have so many guests on talking about the trouble in the USA and, and what trouble the world is in, and we should be because we are in that time at the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. But many wonder what to do. You know, is there places of safety that they prescribe that the father said has set aside and says, well, you would be safe if you go here? Of course you won't be safe anywhere unless that you have a personal relationship with our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. That would be in, that's Jesus Christ. So tonight, um, I once again invited back Kenneth Upgrove of Archive of Ministries. Kenneth was, as I said before, led to a land that Corey Ten Boom saw, a vision of angels protecting the land. He says it, he thinks it's a place of refuge for the future, and I tend to agree with him. He will also talk some about his book called uh, Cessationism. Does God speak to us today? We're going to ask him about that book, and well, let's just bring him on and see what Kenneth is doing. What are you? Are you there with me, Kenneth? I sure am. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, I'm glad to have you back on. We had a, a we were were on a couple of radio programs. We had a good conversation, and uh, we had people respond to it. I understand you had some responses. Yes, I did. Well, amen. That, that that's great. We I know there's a lot of people out there looking, you know, because. Kenneth, do you agree or disagree that, you know, this tribulation is just coming like full blast, it seems? 
<clears throat> yes, um, more and more people are beginning to wake up to that, and I'm addressing it more directly. <clears throat> it's so controversial that it's hard to even know how to um, even get into it without getting somebody offended and uh, on the defensive and won't even listen uh, any longer. But more and more people are uh, paying attention to this. Uh, they all believe we're in the end times. They all believe that uh, in the end times will be first uh, what's called 70 years of Daniel. Others call it the seven-year tribulation. But it, it's a reality if we believe that Israel became a nation and the time thereafter would be one generation, according to, to Bible prophecy. What is a generation? Most uh, scholars say 70 years. Well, when is that? When is that? Well, that's 2018. Uh, so we, we see these... Um, the math coming up, we still don't we can't say it's going to be 2018 that it, that we'll go into this 70 years of Daniel, but we can say we are. It is imminent. We are close. We ought to be paying attention. If the pre-trib rapid people are inaccurate or wrong, they will be left in a terrible and vulnerable situation. And I, my heart just grieves for them. I try to at least uh, open the discussion of what if. Uh, shouldn't we hope for the best and prepare for the worst? Shouldn't we consider uh, what uh, our best scholars are saying on this subject? And there is very, very good uh, solid evidence that the post-trib or the pre-wrath uh, scenarios are by far the more accurate of, of those being proposed to Christendom. And so at any rate, long story short, we ought to be preparing uh, for what seems inevitable, what seems probable, uh, rather than uh, hoping on hope uh, that uh, the right. best scenario will run and uh, have our cookies all in one jar, or <laughs> the old thing guard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Let, let me say this. Um, now, you know, I, I've been on radio for a long time, and I've talked to a lot of people, and and of course, I you know have a church and everything, but you know, and I study a lot. But one thing that I I think that um, you know why I believe I don't believe in preacher rapture, of course. But what I'm saying though is that I believe that even uh, you know what, what we call it post tribulation rapture, you know, um, post tribulationism, whatever. You know, Messiah comes when he comes; he comes after the tribulation. But my point is, is even those people that believe that, I don't believe, I think it's going to catch them unaware because they've been talking about it for so long. And while they may say, oh, yeah, we think it's coming or something, I really don't think in their heart of hearts. Um, and what do you have to say about it? In their heart of hearts, are they really even ready? Do you think that it's going to catch them unaware? I do. I think it's going to catch most of Christendom off aware because even those who uh, quote unquote believe in the post trib or the pre wrath doctrines still aren't well informed, um, <clears throat> couldn't defend their view if, if they were in a conversation with somebody who uh, was knowledgeable on the subject. They, they wouldn't be able to defend it. In other words, they still would be caught off guard because they don't know, really, and don't understand the scenario or the possible or probable scenarios. Uh, I take that policy of uh, let's know all of these arguments, uh, all of these doctrines and eschatologies, 
but not depend on any of them. We had better be led of the Holy Spirit because uh, 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 we will be so locked into what somebody taught us rather than to what the Holy Spirit is leading us that we won't hear the Holy Spirit. Um, absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely correct in that. And, that t- and uh, you just set it up for me to ask you about your book. Um, what is this book that you, does God speak to us today? Tell us a little bit about that. It, it talks about well, having spiritual gifts and being led by the Spirit, doesn't it? I haven't had a chance to read it, cause it uh, but go ahead. Okay. Um, the, the name of the book is Cessationism. Does God speak to us today? The spiritual gifts did not leave the church. The church left the spiritual gifts. Uh, and if we remember in Mark, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And so if we really believe that we have the Holy Spirit, uh, we, uh, because we were born again, uh, we need to understand that there's also something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that is something that uh, isn't a one-time good deal. We need to be refreshed in the Holy Spirit uh, regularly uh, in order to really be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Something else to keep really straight in our minds is that uh, we do not have the gifts. We have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit manifests himself through us. We don't have anything. He has it all. And uh, if we are, are not in tune to the Holy Spirit, we can fool our own selves by acting out of the flesh and that's where so many false prophets and prophecies and so on come from. The false comes from us assuming that we're speaking for the Holy Spirit and aren't. At any rate, um, it's a Kindle, um, uh, Kindle e-book, so you can go to Amazon and uh, find their Kindle e-books and uh, order the uh, book from there. It's uh, 85 or 6 pages, and uh, it's Five ninety-five, but uh, the, uh, when you go to Amazon, you know Amazon.com, uh, then uh, go uh, to the the ebook section, the Kindle ebook section, and put in either my name, Kenneth Updegro, or just the word cessationism, C E S S A T I O N I S M, and uh, you will find it. Uh, I've already discovered that some people don't know what that word means. You can hear the word cease. Uh, in it, and uh, it's implying that the gifts of the Spirit uh, all ceased in the five and the uh, Ephesians 4:11 ministries: uh, first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, then pastors and teachers. Um, but they ceased. And, uh, interesting things are all in one sentence, and yet some people would have part of them disappear and the part of them stay. At any rate, uh, trying to keep on the point, says did. Uh, did these things cease when the last apostle died? Uh, there are those who say did without any scripture to prove it, and no scripture says that. Uh, and so the, uh, then comes the study uh, of this. Do we have very solid scriptural proof uh, that these uh, gifts are very much with us today? And uh, if that be so, then where did this tradition come from that they ceased? How did that come into the uh, Christian scene? And so this needs, the history of it all needs to be uh, studied as well. And so I'm very, very thorough 
on anything I do uh, of this sort. I'm very much research. Right. It goes a little beyond what most. Uh, I have the honor and privilege of uh, being introduced to a um, scholar who spent um, over 30 years studying a Bible manuscript called the Washington uh, Codex, or Washingtonus. It's got that name because it's housed at the Smithsonian Institute uh, in, uh, in one of those environments that protects ancient documents. But it, um, when you look at this document, you see that, uh, that it has Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in it. And uh, you will see that it's actually uh, got lots of notes all the way through it and uh, that it's signed in, in the very handwriting of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, a lot of people will scoff at that right away, but a lot of scholars have studied these and said, well, yes, that, that is his signature. He signed it, and what's more, he's got the little dab of wax there with his ring and signa in it and a date on it, signifying, uh, demonstrating, uh, proving that, yes, they wrote this. Um, yeah. And it is a first century manuscript in mostly in the handwriting of, of the scholars. Uh, part of, of uh, this, the text was redone uh, by um, Barnabas. Right. And Barnabas also, Barnabas also uh, was an artist, and he drew an artistic uh, impression of each of these authors, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, the face of John is now gone, but the rest, rest of them you can see. Just what I'm getting at here, Mark has this controversial ending that a lot of scholars uh, refute, because in it, as Jesus said, these signs shall follow them to believe. Well, some people say, well, Jesus didn't say that. Some scribe wrote that in there. Well, here in this manuscript, the Washington Codex, uh, you can see uh, Mark's signature after the first and second um, ending, and what's more, in this one, there's a third ending uh, mm-hmm. with his signature on all three of them. And so it becomes extremely clear that Jesus said this, and Mark uh, wrote what Jesus said. Are we going to refute that? Well, absolutely, we're going to, we're going to keep that. We're talk, folks, what we're talking about really here is the uh, what we uh, call it's actually the fivefold ministry, which is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and I'm not saying that in any particular order. Although most claim that the apostles would be at the top, I'm not going to argue or disargue that. But he didn't. The, the Father didn't leave us disarmed when he took his son back. And when the Holy Spirit came, these gifts came and are predominant today and should be in your church, should they not, Kenneth? That's right. No matter the denomination, uh, you can be a, a Baptist, you can be a Presbyterian, whatever, uh, and still uh, call yourself by that name of, by uh, taking uh, by receiving the Holy Spirit, which was what kicked off the church, the day of Pentecost. What uh, started the church? The, that was the church uh, beginning that day. It was the baptism and the Holy Spirit. So whether you're Presbyterian, Baptist, or Pentecostal, makes no difference. Uh, you can stay in your denomination and be a part of that doctrine, uh, but you need to have the rest of the doctrine that Jesus taught. 
and uh, yeah. that the apostles carried that forth. It's just just that simple. What uh, uh, we the, we have the same church, that we have the same baptism of the Holy Spirit, the same Bible as we had then. Nothing changed, and nothing has changed. Well, amen. I, I agree with that, but I, I, I want to also say, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm Messianic in faith, and I study my Torah a lot, and these same gifts, these same people were are throughout the Torah. You can you can see uh, them in different places in the Torah. You can see the spiritual gifts. In fact, you can see uh, where it talks about the Raha Kadosh, which is the, the Holy Spirit coming and being with people who just had not yet came in the mannerism that it did, uh, you know, at Pentecost, uh, which was the you know, was an annual celebration anyway. But when it came at Pentecost, it came abundantly into all that believed. You believe that right now? Everybody that's saved has the Holy Spirit, or are they not saved? Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. If they are saved, I'd put it in the other order. If they are saved, they have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, amen. But there's still a good question whether they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If the gifts of the Spirit aren't operating in their lives, we would have to question that, at least raise the question. Well, absolutely. We would some like people, confirmation. Some people, though, I, I do believe this, and I know this to be a fact, that some, you know, you, realistically, the, the, the best thing that could happen in a best-case scenario, when you become saved, somebody that is that is a gifted or, you know, should they should have hands laid on you um, and pray on you and, and help bring those gifts out in an amazing way. Um, I know uh, I had been saved for a while, and I really didn't know uh, well, you know, I kept experiencing different things and didn't know quite how to explain them and everything. And then finally, I went to a uh, conference where I was uh, anointed with oil. They dumped it, felt like it was a gallon of oil, but it was, you know, a <laughs> bottle. Yeah, I, and he still laughs at me today, just like you do when I bring it up. Uh, but anyway, he dumped oil on me and him and these two uh, uh, pastors, you know, or actually apostles laid hands on me, and prayed on me. And I'm telling you, after that, everything changed. I started hearing from the Father more clearly. Uh, I saw things that I was seeing before, but I saw them more clearly, more defined, and everything came into focus, so to speak. But I believe, but I know I had the Holy Spirit beforehand, but, you know, it was different after I was anointed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I sure do, because I sure, I mean, it revolutionized my life. I was uh, a born-again believer, very sincere about my faith, but uh, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was suddenly on fire for the Lord and have been ever since. That was in January in 1965. And so, uh, what is this, 49 years later? I'm yeah. uh, very, very much on fire for the Lord all this time. Nothing quenched, nothing changed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I, I came out of the world over 25 years ago, and and uh, and I got saved. I mean, I had a, a you know w what I call my Damascus uh, experience by look when I was in the world uh, outlaw biker, looking in the rear view of the mirror of the car and seeing my reflection. And uh, you know, it wasn't you know who and what I wanted to be, and and uh, so I had my own experience right then. You know what I mean? I didn't have wasn't anybody that led me to it. What was led to it by the by the Lord? You know what I mean? I, and uh, we, I had an experience, and I I turned my foot to get out of of uh, uh, the world. I came out, 
And uh, uh, so, you know, I know I was saved, but it was like probably five years later, you know, um, before I got that anointing, you know, and boy, it, it just brought everything into focus. And so folks, if you haven't had that experience, I strongly suggest that you should do it. And that's, you know, Kenneth, and you know, I'm, I call myself Messianic. Um, there's a, it's real close, but not the same as Hebrew roots movement. And I love the Hebrew roots movement, but the problem with the Hebrew roots movement, while it goes back to Torah is that they, this part, we're talking about the spirituality in a lot, not all by any means. But in a lot of them, this part is left out because they consider it too New Testament. Now, what really gets me is that some Messianics uh, uh, like that group, uh, they call themselves Messianic, but they never seem to get to the New Testament. Yeah. And they well, want to stay in, in the Torah, and they won't even go in the rest of the Old Testament. They want, well, uh, exactly. I have that criticism. It's the whole Bible or nothing, honey. Right, absolutely. It's those that, that have the faith of Yeshua and those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. That's twofold. You know what I mean? That's the that's the 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 Tanakh and and the New Testament. But that's the problem. One, and that's even the problem I see with a lot of New Testament people. They just want to use the New Testament only, or the other people just yeah. want to use the Old Testament. It's both. We got to go to break. What's your website, real quick? And we'll come back and talk some more. But we'll talk about the Lamb when we get back. All right, arkhaven.org, A-R-K-H-A-V-E-N, arkhaven.org. And folks, don't forget to check out his book, uh, Does God Speak to Us Today? And we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. 
$9.99, and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. During this season, don't forget to go over to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out some of the other programming over there, because they have some good programs over there, and they have archives of all the radio programs that goes two weeks at a time, and then it, it changes. So, go over there, and you can listen at your leisure uh, to that, but Anyway, but remember, I'm, this is the time I ask you to pray about a donation for our work with the homeless and poor from our Mission Church in Wichita, Kansas, and it, it support us so we can care for the pot, people that the Father s- sends us. Now, you know, while some of you are out there celebrating Christmas, amen, you're selling Christ's birthday, That that's what you uh, say that you're doing. I celebrate Hanukkah, and, you know, I believe that Mary was impregnated during Hanukkah because you can actually look it up in the Bible and see by the, uh, the see that time. But it doesn't matter. The point is, is we are celebrating Christ, and we need to come together under that, and we need to do that. And because of the people, if nothing else, you need to be blessing people during this period of time. You know, Yeshua said that when you call a feast that you should be calling the poor, the blind, and so on. Those people are the ones that you call to the feast. So at this time of year, don't exclude the poor from the things that you do. I know that you all want to have get-togethers with family, and that's wonderful, man. Being with family, that's great, absolutely. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have family. You know, so pray about helping them. You know, even if it's 
seeing somebody on the street and maybe take them to dinner or take them to McDonald's, you know, and you get off the dollar menu, you can feed them for under five bucks. That'd be a good thing. Or give them that $5 bill. You know, it doesn't matter what they use it for. Just bless them with it. Or, you know, maybe a pair of shoes or something. But pray about that. But you really need, during these times, no matter what season, no matter what you celebrate, you need to always remember the poor. In fact, that's one thing through the Torah that we get, you know, as we study our feasts and different things, we know that there's always that for the poor, that it's always going to be an offering for the poor. And so that needs to be done. Now, I always tell people that you should first do it, in your, it should start within your own family, your own household, and extend out from there. And, of course, uh, you know, then people that live in your area or whatever, if you can find a good organization or something to do it, well, then amen. But I also want you to consider us because um, for whatever we, reason, we usually don't get help from it, from Wichita. There are a few people that are listening to radio now over there in Wichita, and we get like 20 or $30 here and there from them, and, and it's a real blessing. It's a help. But the major money that we get does not ever come from Wichita. And so we need your help. We don't, the poor can't pay us to do what we do for them. And we don't sell anything like books or anything like that. And so we're relying on your kindness and for the father to tell you to, if you pray, you know, to tell you to donate to our ministry. Really do you need your help because right now donations are down because uh, it's this time of year. The economy's bad right now. And so people are buying presents and other things, in which I don't have a problem with. Buy all of them that you want. But, again, I'm asking for a portion for the poor. So pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. We've been doing this 15 years. And, you know, tomorrow I was just like I was telling our producer, we, I, I prayed hard yesterday because the people didn't have coats and things, and it, I needed the fodder to bless the people. And as soon as I got done praying, within a couple of minutes, I got a call from a Catholic church that found us online that's donating over 70 coats and uh, other things that go along with it. In fact, I was just informed that they delivered it to the ministry church, and we have uh, these long tables, and there's like four long tables, three with coats and all these things on them, three foot high. And so I think there's way more than 70, but we're going to bless all of them. Those coats are, believe it or not, we'll get rid of those coats. Uh, We should get rid of probably all of them tomorrow. So that's a blessing, but pray about it. We still need money to function for food and everything else, so pray about it. But why do people come to, to us for help anyway? Well, people come to us because love, well, that's the first answer. Second, they're treated as family. Second, and, and beyond that, it's because we don't have any set guidelines I like programs. The only programs I have are radio programs. People walk in and ask for something, and that's the rule. If we have a way to fill a need, we give it to them. If not, we pray it in. This is why even the agencies tell their employees about the Father's Little Mission Church. You see, when guidelines stop them from helping, they send people to us. People have millions of dollars in their budget send people to a place that really has no budget. We are the last hope for so many, and folks, we are responsible to care one for another, as we are brothers keepers. All donations matter. No matter what size, it does help. And you know what? The Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or by mailing a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com or call me at 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. 
And now we're talking with uh, the fellow that has Archaven Ministries, and his name is Kenneth Upgrove. Upgrove. Are you there with me, Ken? Yes, yes, I am. Well, I'm I'm sure glad to have you still there. And uh, let's give them the name of that book and where they can find it, and let's start talking about your property, about the property up there and everything. Okay, uh, the word is cessationism, and uh, you hear the word cease in there, C-E-S-S-A-T-I-O-N-I-S-M. That, that word defined means those who, <clears throat> a doctrine that says that uh, all the gifts cease, that, all, that, that God no longer speaks to us, uh, but only through the Bible, but not through the Holy Spirit, not personally. So cessationism. Does God Speak to Us Today? That's the title of the book. Is there a link at your website to find it? Uh, Yes, there is. And your website Uh, is? Archaven.org. A-R-K-H-A-V-E-N dot O-R-G. You can hear the the reference to Noah's Ark there. Amen. Well, let's act. uh, Okay. Um, now, it, it, okay, let's see. The way you would find that, boy, is uh, <clears throat> when you go to archaven.org, you will see a uh, button <clears throat> uh, that says Podcast and Kindle Book Archive. And, and the button's up there at the top, the Podcast and Kindle Book Archive. Go there to hear all the programs that I've been on. Uh, and this one will be up there as soon as you make it available to me. And uh, and then the, this Kindle book that's up now, and uh, I will have a whole lot more up soon. I'm not really jumping into that venue. Okay. Well, let's get on. Basically, I guess we start this like, you know, because we have new listeners all the time. What is Archaven and why do you consider the Ozark Mountains where you're at safe? <clears throat> Archaven is in reference to Noah's Ark and Ark of the Covenant, God's place of promise, uh, provision, and uh, prophecy. It is, uh, um, well, let's see, did I say it all right? I hope so. Yeah, uh, anyway, you said all uh, that. We, uh, and in case of Noah's Ark, um, the day that God told Noah and his crew of seven to go aboard and lock the door, and he sealed it. Uh, that very day, he brought destruction. So uh, God had him uh, build the ship, and then he uh, and then God sealed him in it. And that very day, he brought his wrath. So um, uh, this is a pattern we see throughout the Bible. In other instances, the day that Lot left Sodom was the day that destruction came upon it. That God uh, took him out. He sent angels to take him out. So uh, that is uh, a, a pattern. Uh, there's uh, others as well. It's not coming to mind right at the moment. But um, the important thing is, uh, in 1974, the Lord told me that a depression was coming. And uh, the picture I got was it was a whole lot bigger than a depression, but that's all I could comprehend at that time, uh, at least word-wise. Uh, understanding-wise, it was a whole lot I understood it was a whole lot bigger than that. Right. And uh, uh, so at that point, I um, I immediately went into natural and organic gardening because I, I was clear 
that I, uh, to prepare his people for this time, we were going to be able, have to be able to feed ourselves and that we would lose uh, all of the normal things that we think of as necessary to sustain ourselves, uh, like gasoline uh, to run an engine, uh, chemicals to, uh, you know, herbicides, insecticides, fertilizers, and so on. All these things would no longer be available, so we better learn how gardening and how farming was done for 6,000 years before we came on the scene. <clears throat> so uh, that was how that all began. In uh, about uh, 83 or 4, the Holy Spirit told me to move to northwest Arkansas, that this is where my uh, end-time ministry would really take place. And uh, so I made some expeditions into the area just to see what was here, because I knew nobody here had no reason in the world to move here. And um, uh, once I had all kinds of confirmations, uh, on the website you can read all about um, him actually sending me here. And uh, one of my pages called Archaven's History, Our Testimony and Origins. Uh, on that page you'll, you will see the full story of, of how God got us here and uh, the whole history behind all that. Right. Uh, when I came into this area for the very first time, the Holy Spirit came upon me very, very heavy. And um, among other things, he told me that there was a green island of survival. Good ten years later, another man who God moved uh, here from Colorado um, said that the Holy Spirit had told him the exact quote: "This is a green island of survival." And uh, to me, uh, that uh, that could imply that it would be surrounded by water someday. And uh, geologists say at one time it was. Uh, but um, that aside. It certainly means that it will be an isolated area, a particularly um, uh, designated area that um, will stand out like an island. In the let, me, that it's let me divided. let me bring something up here. Not to interrupt you. Um, you we were talking. I don't know over what course, but you were telling me that there right now in that neighborhood, there's a lot of. Uh, people practicing different religions there and, and getting along and whatever. So what kind of area is that? How are the people there? You know, are they friendly? Or is there a lot of religious groups there? What about the area? What's it like? Um, first off, the Ozarks <clears throat> are, um, are primarily in Missouri and, and a little bit in Arkansas and the Dab in Oklahoma. Um, it is uh, very. It's called the oldest mountain range on the North American continent. So uh, our, our highest, our, our altitude ranges about from 1,000 to 2,000 feet. A little, some spots a little, little lower, some spots a little higher, but that's the average. Um, <clears throat> so this is very old mountains. There, I don't even make a noticeable bump on a Rocky Mountain, but uh, it, it is a aquifer as it's called that's over a hundred miles across and over a hundred miles deep and uh, it's basically limestone and has a huge amount of water um, so because of its location uh, it is far enough away from all the borders uh, to be uh, uh, far enough away that uh, for those who are concerned about an invasion from any direction uh, 
we're a long ways in, and um, nobody anticipates uh, anybody getting that far in an invasion. Right. Uh, because of its nature, uh, it's not subject to earthquakes. Because of its nature, it's not subject to to tornadoes um, or floods. Um, the, the naval Navy Department of War declares it to be the safest place on Earth. They were looking uh, for a place uh, to put a base. And so mm-hmm. the only thing that's here is um, the, some government agencies do have deep underground caves here for protection, um, right. a place to duck to. That's, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of different scenarios on why uh, governments of the world are finding places to uh, uh, have deep bunkers. And uh, I won't go into that in this show, but uh, a number of different scenarios, and they're all worth consideration. It's best to be right. informed so that right. you know what to look out for uh, and um, be ready. But uh, okay. geographically, it's the safest place. And uh, the safest lost, place on uh, the earth, they declared it, right? Safest place yeah. on the earth, uh, right. Physically yeah, that's, speaking, that's it's the safest place. Well, safest you know, place, um, physically speaking, yes. A lot of people know Corey Timboom, um, and we brought it up on another program. By the way, folks, you can find the other two programs we talked about this on our archives. But um, in brief, Corey Timboom um, seen the place uh, basically guarded by angels, did she not? Uh, yes, she was uh, taking a tour of uh, a place in Eureka Springs. Uh, called the Passion Play, and the man who founded that uh, <clears throat> and started an outdoor uh, Passion Play uh, was taking her a tour of the property when she was uh, and when she was in a uh, pasture where they kept uh, mules and uh, camels and so on. Uh, that she had this open vision, and uh, in it she saw that area surrounded by angels, a band. Uh, five bands, um, one above the other, and they were, had their swords drawn. And uh, so she said, my Lord, this is a divinely protected place. Yeah, um, amen. So amen. Uh, I was told this by a man who uh, was a ghostwriter for one of her books and has had a publishing house. He's since ceased, deceased, I'm sorry. Uh, right. But uh, I was told this directly. I've had all kinds of people uh, refute it, but I, I, I was told that, and uh, others have. Uh, right. Well, you know, there's also. there's always the naysayers. You know what I mean? But these, yeah. but but here we have to let me say something to the people. We have two witnesses here. Um, for those of you that that. Um, want the, you know, the spiritual whatever. We have Corey Timboom saying it, and there's testimony of more than just the one person he's talking about, Corey saying it. But then we have those that want a secular thing, and you have the Department of the Navy declaring it the safest place in the world. You know, you need to go over to our cabin and look around and, and check this out, because I do believe that the Father has prepared places of safety um, in the United States for these things that are coming. Now, um, Kenneth, we need to ask two kind of two questions. Is one, so what? I mean, is there land there for sale, cheap or whatever? And then I also understand that you have a plan. Um, go into that. Okay, um, <clears throat> I have been asked uh, by um, three different land owners 
to advertise uh, their property on my website. And uh, <laughs> interestingly, uh, more people come to my website to look at this land for sale than to, to, to look at my uh, articles. <laughs> kind of hurt. <laughs> but uh, all of this property that I'm advertising is ideal for uh, prepping, uh, ideal for um, homesteading, ideal for Christian community. Okay, and, uh, so that's the only kind of land that I advertise. I won't advertise any other. Okay, I'm going to butt in here again. Um, oh. And I want the folks to know this. You know, folks, I have been praying about a, a place of safety for a very long time. And, and, you know, while I do know that the Father led me to where I at, where I'm at, I do know also that I feel in my heart of hearts that I don't I'm, that there is supposed to be a secondary place of refuge to go to, and we have it in prayer um, because we want to. Uh, I don't know how much, but we want to obtain some property down here um, because every everything that I've prayed about it and looked about it. I believe that it is one of the safe places. And so, you know, I am even convinced of it enough that if I had the money um, to do so, I would tomorrow um, go down there and buy some property. We really have it up for prayer, and we're waiting an answer on a few things. So I'm not trying to tell you to move off to the Ozark Mountains. Maybe it's gonna, it might be a secondary place, but you really need to look. But Kenneth, let's go back to you, and you've got some more time to explain to him what you want about it. What are you trying to do up there? That's the point, I guess. What's your ministry trying to do? What is it you uh, want? First off, uh, first off, I just have the calling uh, to prepare God's people, to warn them, to uh, encourage them to do this, uh, to be, be getting prepared. I always say that the safest place on earth is the center of, oh boy, yeah, the safest place on earth is the center of God's will for you. And so uh, I know that not everybody can come to the Ozarks. A lot of people are are stuck in, in the slums of, of huge cities, which seems like the worst place in the world. So, but if that is where God's got you, got you uh, stay there, be, be at peace, do not be frightened, and uh, just simply be led of the Holy Spirit. Those uh, There are a lot of people who are being sent here, though, um, and they're coming here all the time. Uh, uh, just recently, um, two people moved here, one from Virginia and, and one from Oregon. And uh, and uh, one of them has got enough money to actually be able to buy land. The other one's waiting for people uh, like me, waiting for the Lord to p- provide the wherewithal to do it. Uh, so uh, whether I ever get on the land or not, my calling is to warn others, to encourage others, to inform right. others, and uh, when they come here to visit me and uh, look at the, uh, the Ozarks, I become their native guide, and I take them through the territory and introduce them to a lot of people and uh, really give them a feel of what is here. Uh, the Ozark people are just very friendly people, and uh, well, crime is very low, and uh, the average price is, uh, of land is 2000 an acre. I warn that the uh, closer you are to the town, the higher the prices will be, the further away it is, the less. And uh, if the land has uh, go- uh, gorges and uh, cliffs, uh, it will cost less. Uh, and sometimes uh, there, are, there are uses even uh, for that kind of terrain. Um, but just uh, keep in mind that um, 
the price will be a little less uh, for the, that kind right. of property. It can be as low, low as a thousand dollars an acre. Uh, that's a, a general overview. We have uh, five lakes. They're all a continuous string of lakes, all, all fed by the White River. Uh, and uh, so here in Arkansas, we have one of those five lakes. It's called Beaver Lake, and uh, it's uh, famous for trout. Uh, what do you call oh, it? Tournament? Yeah. Uh, and that, um, I like yeah, trout. <laughs> Who does? Yeah, you just made me hungry, brother. I want to come and get some trout. Yeah, I'll come and catch some trout. I'll, I'll go out with you and talk to you. Talk to you while you're fishing. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that that sounds like like a that sounds like a real good deal. You know. Uh, you uh, you okay. can rent uh, boats. Uh, there's a boat docks here with uh, the different kind of boats you can rent. Uh, I usually get you know the uh, the big uh, what do you call it one on floats. Those are yeah pontoon boats. Go out with the pontoon. Thank you. you know, we can go yeah, out with the family and and bu- barbecue and and uh, swat mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> barbecue and swat mosquitoes. Did I have to bring swat. up mosquitoes? Yeah, well, I imagine there are like dive bombers out there. But, you know, it goes with anything else. You, you eat certain things, you can keep them off of you. And if not, you know, yeah. there is a such thing called uh, mosquito spray, you know. Yeah. That, uh, uh, but anyway, you got about, let's let's see, where, where are we at for time? Um, let me look you here. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. You got about three minutes left. So what else do you want to say to the people? Um, let's see. <laughs> um, well, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to make you speechless. Let's go like this. Uh, so, oh, look, look they, they, how do they contact you? They say they want to come okay. and look around and everything. How do they contact you? Well, um, is it safe to give my phone number over the air? I imagine it is, isn't it? Well, it, it's as safe as you want it to be. I mean, I think it is. <laughs> You know, do you have an email page at your website? Uh, yeah, here's the way to do it. Go to my website, and uh, go yeah, go to my website, and uh, you will see uh, contact us uh, up at the top of the page. The buttons there. One of them says contact us, and one of them is email. So uh, go to the contact us page, click on the email page, and you can email me from my website. That is by far the safest way uh, that way. I won't uh, I agree. get uh, inundated well, with uh, unnecessary with a, calls. I hate those unnecessary calls. Somehow my cell phone has gotten on some kind of weird list lately. But anyway, brother, I'm, I, I appreciate you being on, and I'm going to want to talk to you again because there's some questions that I have that I haven't even asked yet. And So periodically, folks, we're going to have Kenneth back on um, as long as he's willing and uh, oh, just yeah. talk about things. And uh, But, Ken, I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. We'll come to the end of the program. Well, thank you so much, brother. I just so appreciate you and your ministry. Thank you very much. All right. Well, you you be blessed, brother, and may the Father bless and keep you and, and further your work. And you share his name. Amen. We'll see you later, brother. Goodbye and shalom. Shalom. Well, folks, <clears throat> well, folks, um, Go to the radio archives and listen to other programs I've done with him. I, this is the third time I had him on, and the reason being is because I now see after the last program, the, uh, some people went out there, and apparently now they uh, one of them bought property, the other one is, is waiting to do so. 
point is, is I believe that the place may not be your place of safety, but for some of you out there that I know have been looking for years, this may be your place. Really pray about supporting the Mission Church. We need your help, and if you're listening tonight, I really, if you can do it by PayPal, we can really use your help tonight. There's a lot of people out there cold and everything. We need to keep open. We need to keep them fed, and we need your help. We really do. Any size of donation will help. Five, ten, twenty dollars will help. But we can. But some people, I mean, if you can afford it, you know, a larger donation. Pray about it. Always, always, always be a blessing to others. We must remember there is only one God. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And you know what? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your father. Treat him as such. Anyway, remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, Lord our God, Father, King of the Universe, asking Yeshua Hamashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you, and His face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866 866- 229-3663 that's 866-229-3663
International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. resident herbalist Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here to empower you on Herb Talk. That's what we like to do. Thanks for joining us on the American uh, Radio Voice Radio Network. We have a great, a great show. We're going to be talking about um, a 20th century medical procedure hmm, called the lobotomy. <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting how that got going. And also we're going to talk about um, flu and plagues. Because uh, we've got the flu season, you know, coming up the winter, and uh, we'll see how much time we have. We got some other stuff we can talk about and a quack report. But before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fi to righteous men and women in uniform, praying for God's hand of protection beyond all of America. I pray for righteous leadership to be restored in this land, common sense, morality. You know, the list is kind of long, 
and I need supernatural help from the Heavenly Father above. So I'm hitting the knees, seeking Lord's face, and pleading for truth and justice, just like Isaiah 59 says we should. We're supposed to plead to the Lord for truth and justice, and I hope uh, y'all out there are making some noise about that, because, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. All right, first up in the quack report, we a pretty good-sized quacker today. Um, rise of direct pay doctors is uh, is uh, picking up steam, according to this report. Affordable Care Act seems to um, have caused some administrative burdens for doctors that they don't want. So uh, there's an increase in doctors becoming direct pay cash-only practices. Um, there's a couple of models that doctors' offices are, are using. Some of them are, are going with what I would call a spa membership kind of thing where you pay a monthly due, and that gives you unlimited um, access to your doctor as far as visits. Um, so there's all kinds of ways they structure it and just bypassing the third-payer systems uh, and the Affordable Care Act and insurance companies. And it tends to lower uh, costs for the patients that way. They have less overhead. They have less paperwork to file. They don't have to hire special people to deal with all that stuff. So uh, that's interesting. According to a 2012 compensation report by a medical resources company uh, called Medscape, 6% of the family doctors, 4% of the internists, and 2% of the pediatricians said that they were Concierge cash-only practices. By 2013, those numbers increased. Uh, let's see, the uh, family doctor 7%, internist 7%, pediatricians 4%. So uh, yeah, it's jumping. People are, are bailing on uh, you know the um, Ponzi scheme system, insurance, <laughs> and Affordable Care Act. All right. Moving along in the quack report, we've got a lot of brain news tonight. Um, some researchers, some robotic engineers in Spain, they figured out how to how brains can communicate brain to brain. A first time ever experiment, um, non-invasive. What they did is they put electrodes on the scalps of two volunteers. Uh, so while they were wearing these special um, devices, one man in India thought of a greeting like chow or ola or uh, something along those lines. Then the words were transmitted over the Internet and received by the other man in France 5,000 miles away who read them on the screen. So the men could communicate between India and France without ever speaking or typing anything. Uh, what else is up in the quack report? Uh, schizophrenia. They say now is actually due to eight different gene disorders. According to a landmark research published this year, they say schizophrenia is more than just complex. Uh, genetic scientists evaluated the makeup of 4,200 people that were diagnosed with schizophrenia and 38 normal people, 3,800 normal people. And uh, so they focused on not just the singular genes, but they were able to look at clusters of genes, and what they found were Schizophrenia actually is a correlation of completely different groups of genes or uh, uh, to produce those symptoms. Um, they said that the relationships are very strong in the individuals with these gene combinations. Uh, they had a 100% chance of being schizophrenic if they had those gene combinations. 
Wow, that's that's incredible, isn't it? All right, what else is up? Oh, we're going to go to psychopaths now. Uh, apparently, oh, where does this England University's um, psychology uh, students there in England at the University of Huddersfield, they, um, they gave some tests designed to detect psychopathic tendencies to adults. And um, they wanted to see if the psychopathic tendencies got categorized further, um, you know, uh, by these different correlations. And so what they were doing is they were showing these people images to see how excited they would get um, and track and record their responses. And what they noticed is that psychopathic tendencies, when they get upset or they're shocked by images, you know, sometimes... Psychopaths just aren't, you know, because they don't really respond that way. But they noticed that the higher the IQ of the psychopath, the more they're able to were to fake or mask their emotional responses and pretend to be normal. Uh-huh. Isn't it? Last but not least in the crack report, uh, are you eating to impress someone? Well, according to Cornell University study that was in the Journal of Evolutionary Psychological Science, they found that um, men eat more when they're in the company of a female. Mm-hmm. So men who dined with at least one woman, they said ate 93% more pizza and 86% more salad than if they died with men only. So... Uh, the amount that the women ate, whether they were dining with women or men, didn't matter. They ate the same. But men apparently overeat uh, uh, or eat more when they're with a woman. Now, women did say that when they're eating with a man, they tend to feel like they're rushed through the meal. That's weird. So the findings are suggesting that men tend to overeat to show off. Um, I don't know. I don't know if over if eating compensations are, you know, mostly male, but that's what they're suggesting. I don't know. I think it's weird. And that wraps the quack report. Thank you, Frank. Okay, we're gonna be talking about lobotomies. That's a 20th century medical procedure. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a branch of scientific medicine is psychiatry. And the word psychiatry is really coined, it was coined in 1808 by a German physician, uh, Joanne Christian Riel. And um, the term stems from the Greek uh, psyche, which means soul. So it seems the the field of psychiatry was an attempt at, you know, medical treatment for the soul. So in this field, professionals attempt to study and treat mental disorders, and we call them mental health physicians. So this area of medicine actually was developed over the years and currently has three specialties. There is mental illness, there's personality disorders, and there's learning disabilities. So the modern world has been, you know, uh, well, psychiatry has manifested from a, it's gone from a conceptual to a more biological field of late. So there are some uh, former procedures, though, in this field of science that they use for depression and anxiety 
uh, that were kind of unconscionable, to say the least. Let's talk, take a look at it. But first, we want to look up, open the old books. And according to scholars, the oldest books on psychiatry, guess what? They're from, the, they're from ancient India in the Averetic text, uh, Chakra Samhita. So India developed hospitals for, or what you would call insane asylums, in the 3rd century B.C. And in the 4th century, the Greeks wrote theories on mental disorders, and there were books written on madness and being depressed. They called it being melancholy. Now, in the 5th century, the Greeks and the Romans considered mental disorders that were kind of um, psychotic in nature to be based in the supernatural, in other words, demon possession. Now, in most instances, patients were, you know, turned over to the religious leaders for exorcisms. And history also mentions how the field of mental illness blossomed in Persia and the Islamic countries. Wow. So here is where they began to classify neurotic disorders and cognitive uh, therapy was born. So there were four classes of neurosis, fear and anxiety, anger and aggression, sadness and depression, and obsession. Now by 705 A.D., Baghdad had a hospital specializing in mental illness, and by 800 A.D., Cairo had one, too. And by the 13th century, mental hospitals started kind of popping up all over medieval Europe. So the seed of psychiatry had been germinating, you know, from the late 1700s, but it did not really become a medical profession until the mid-1800s. So how mental illness you know, was looked at, kind of changed from a demon possession to a dysfunction of the brain somewhere in there. Well, let's look at some typical treatments. Uh, So when a patient is diagnosed by a mental health professional, there are several ways to approach the treatment strategy. Today, the main focus of treatment is the use of psychotropic drugs and maybe some therapy. But History shows us there was a very different treatment strategy, and it was used by licensed physicians, and they used electric shock and lobotomy as a treatment. So let's look at the lobotomy. It's really, uh, it was called a neurosurgery because, you know, it was, it was actually surgery on your brain. So a neurosurgery that was really not based on science but was based on an idea of theory was done for years, and they called it a lobotomy. And science still uses procedures and treatments today which are based on the theory, uh, like your radiation, your chemo, and your vaccines. They're all based on theory. Now, the neurosurgical procedure called a lobotomy was a surgery that severed brain connections in the prefrontal lobe. So this procedure was legally done for over 20 years for patients that were suffering from schizophrenia, Um, manic depression, bipolar disorder, hysteria, anxiety, and some other mental conditions. Now, a lobotomy purposely damages the brain and causes brain trauma, turning patients really into vegetables. So they become kind of canatonic. So the theory that science used to justify this procedure is that the surgery addressed the abnormal brain connections, and corrected the bad behavior. (laughs) Well, the instrument the doctors used to perform a lobotomy was essentially an ice pick. 
So a physician who specialized in lobotomies, traveling the country, doing them, and teaching other doctors how to do them was Walter Friedman. So Friedman made lobotomies popular in the 1940s through the 50s. He performed thousands of lobotomies during his career, and he called the lobotomy a cure for mental illness when, in fact, he cured nothing. So a lobotomy is really an assault on the patient in which his conscious mind is murdered. So, however, for decades, scientific medicine called it a cure. So Friedman was a medical butcher who was awarded the Nobel Prize for uh, for medicine in 1949. Now, he once boasted that he, 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 um, he uh, took an ice pick and it helped him perform, just your standard ice pick, help him perform 25 lobotomies per day, okay? And he did this supposedly neurosurgical surgery uh, within 10 minutes and without anesthesia. Probably saying, say what? Well, you think that if an ice pick was inserted into your eye socket and whisked around, scrambling your brain, that that would be excruciatingly painful, and it was. Uh, However, Friedman would stabilize his patients with a jolt of electricity first before he turned them into permanent zombies. So think of it as you were tasered before your brain was turned into scrambled eggs. So what this procedure did was make caring for mentally ill easier for hospital staff. That's what it did. Uh, Well, many people believe that doctors do not do lobotomies anymore. What do you think? Has medicine put that cruel and misfortunate error away, never to be seen by the light of day? Well, the answer is no. Medicine still performs this procedure, but they call it a lobectomy. So doctors will perform a lobectomy to try to correct epilepsy or other seizure disorders. Surgeons will remove the part of the frontal lobe where seizures tend to happen, so they don't happen. So there is really no ice pick involved, and surgeons tend to be precise. However, patients can experience a personality change from the procedure. So medicine experimented uh, on dogs and learned that when the neurological connections were cut in the front part of the brain, it left the dogs quiet. So in the 1930s, the medical research called the era of this area of the brain that was being targeted by the lobectomy or lobotomy, they called it the seat of reason. They destroyed that part of your brain where you would have reason. Isn't that great? So when Friedman and his other colleagues Um, move from experimenting to humans, they were actually, at that point, drilling holes in skulls and guessing what part of the brain that they were cutting. So this was called Scientific Research and was published in the scientific journals. So the articles were written describing the patients as being violent and horrific burdens on their families and that the procedure made them docile, cured them. That appeared in the New York Academy of Medicine in 1942. So although the lobotomy made patients catatonic, it became a standard practice in medical hospitals in the 40s and 50s. And it was, you know, comically referred to as the ice pick cure. Pretty sick. So they to keep in mind, the lobotomy was not a precision surgery. It was shockingly brutal and barbaric. 
And in some instances, Friedman would recommend and perform a lobotomy to treat even headaches. Can you imagine? Well, in 1947, a study was done by Columbia Greystone Project. It evaluated the lobotomy procedure, and it showed that it failed to produce sufficient evidence of positive effects. It was a procedure that was criticized of having no scientific controls. Ethical objections started to accumulate, citing irreversible brain damage with severe collateral collateral effects, personally and emotionally damaging the patient. So doctors opted to use antidepressant drugs because they just were developed, so they abandoned the lobotomy. Uh, But not before 70,000 people experienced the ice pick cure. More lobotomies were also performed in the United Kingdom, about 1,000 per year in that 10-year period between 1940 to 1950. So why was it so popular? Well, it was simple. It was a cheap operation. It made it easier on the caregivers. And countries which still perform lobotomy psychosurgery for violent behavior today are Japan, Australia, and Sweden. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me read you this quote by Dr. Henry Marsh. He was a famous uh, UK neurosurgeon. He said, lobotomy reflected very bad medicine, bad science, and if you saw a patient after the operation, they were totally ruined as social human beings, end of quote. Oh, I believe it. I mean, you know, weren't the Egyptians, they'd mummify somebody, they would, you know, put an instrument up someone's nose, whisk it around in the brain, and then drag out the brain? You know, well, at least that person was dead, right? All right, chemical lobotomies are now very popular. Uh, Today, modern medicine has actually traded the ice pick for Thorazine. So it is essentially a chemical lobotomy without performing surgery. So the rise of the antipsychotic drugs, antidepressants, has made nullifying a patient's conscience seat of reason much easier. So these drugs are used for the same reasons the ice pick was used. It is not a cure, but it makes dealing with the mentally ill easier for family and medical professionals. Therefore, patients on antidepressants and other mind-altering drugs really should research them carefully before using them. A lot of side effects. None of them good. Um, Well, let's look at the nutritional alternatives. Okay, because you do have some. Uh, actually, most natural physicians will try to address mental illness with nutrition in order to correct an imbalance in the brain neurotransmitters. So mentally ill people tend to have very poor eating habits. Now, we should pay really close attention to being, you know, maybe they're being vitamin deficient, and when they do check their vitamin deficiencies, guess what they find? They find them deficient in the Bs, the B2, the B6, the B12, and these are, you want to replenish natural B vitamins because this will help support the nervous system and help for uh, normal transmission of the neurotransmitters in the brain, okay? Um, a lot of times when they get the right Bs, they're not as talkative. You ever notice how some people talk all the time if they have a mental imbalance? You know, they, they get calmer. They're not talking so much. So a loss of normal levels of nutrition can you leave us depressed, uh, or we can get some other neurological health problems. And a lot of psychiatrists are turning to nutrition and to supplements to help their patients and without drugs. 
So there you go. So if you're really looking for whole food organic supplements, you might want to call the folks at Apothecary Herbs. They have the natural B vitamins in the, and they have a whole lot more. A lot of your medicinal herbs are rich in nutrition to help the body balance. So ask them about their, um, their body foundation food mix because it has natural vitamin B, your vitamin gamut, your natural antioxidants, your amino acids and plant proteins are in there as well as minerals. Uh, also, for anxiety and depression, you may check out valerian root or their emotional stress formula, which is all organic as well. And this is just nutrition, helping the body balance and heal itself. So uh, give them a call. Ask them for a free product catalog. Their number is 866-229-3663. 866-229-3663. But if you're outside the U.S., you want to dial 704-885-0277 or visit them on the web, thepowerherbs.com. Thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. And, by the way, if you're up there, uh, sign up for their free online newsletters, which go out each week, and you can empower yourself further with more information and uh, also save money. You get notifications on specials at the powerherbs.com website. So opt in, opt out, whatever you want to do. Um, okay, so let's see. What do we get? We got Thanksgiving coming up next week, right? See, we started the... The cold and flu season last month was Halloween because there was all that sugar. Now we got Thanksgiving. Of course, we're going to have some really great food, but we're also going to have some desserts, right? Yeah, more sugar, maybe some alcohol, right? More sugar. Um, and then and then we got next month. It's Christmas. Oh, yeah, candy canes and all those special things that we like to eat at Christmas time. Of course, more adult beverages. And more sugar. And then we move into New Year's. And, of course, we all know that alcohol converts to sugar in the body, so more sugar. And then we can't forget in uh, February is Valentine's Day. More sugar, box of chocolates. And all this sugar suppresses the immune system. And this is why from October to February is the cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. Your immune system is low. Ah, oh, you got to boost your immune system. Guess who has the immune-boosting formulas, get you through the holidays? The folks at Apothecary Herbs, thepowerherbs.com. They have a full line, broad spectrum, more targeted formulas if you need that, like for sinus infections, for instance. You can get it for bronchitis. Uh, so you got options. you got lots of options. Um, yeah, my engineer says, Frank, he says, yeah, it sounds like it's more like the diabetic season. Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, one candy bar shut off your immune system for eight hours. Well, it suppresses it. So you <laughs> so you, you, and if you've noticed now, kids after a Halloween have coughs and colds and runny noses and all kinds of stuff because, you know, they're basically Halloween put them in a sugar coma. So watch the sugar, folks. Really, watch the sugar and boost the immune system. We can help you out. Thepowerherbs.com. Give them a call. Get their catalog. You can see how powerful you can be. Yep, yep. You don't want to miss work in school. Don't have to. 866-229-3663. Thepowerherbs.com. i got to take a break, but on the other side, we're going to talk about flu and plague. Don't go anywhere. 
into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. The ancient Greeks thought thyme herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture NT to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Henry Ford, the automobile. And herbalist Wendy Wilson? Well, discover for yourself. Listen to Herb Talk Live. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless.
talking about the flu or the plague. We're going to try to decipher the difference. You know, a lot of people say, well, I just got the flu. Well, maybe you got the plague. (laughs) Well, uh, let's look. Symptoms of serious disease actually fool even the most experienced doctors. And many life-threatening diseases can actually mimic a common flu with fever, chills, body aches, feeling weak. And so we risk um, we, we, you know, every day, we, if we delay not knowing what we have and we don't act on it, well, we could have something real serious. So is the infection bacterial or is it viral? Now, if it's bacterial, will it respond to antibiotic treatment? And will trying such treatment, you know, sacrifice precious time and weaken our body further? Should we use something else? Now, in some western areas of the U.S., there's, you know, drought. Uh, People expect the usual drought from time to time. However, with deep aquifers, when they're affected, we could see fertile land revert to desert. If this is the case, there is a transition period where wild animals become desperate for water, like rodents, and they can infect domestic areas. Uh, They can infect your animals and then infect you with disease. So there's like 200 species of domestic uh, rodents and other animals that can infect humans with disease. And, uh, you know, the first recorded diagnosis of plague in the United States was in San Francisco in 1900. But by 1902, the plague took hold. Authorities really didn't want to panic. Um, they didn't want to panic the, the, the public because it would have, you know, affected the economy. So this action actually led to basically having to quarantine all of California eventually. Air travel to countries that are active, plague areas like Asia, South Africa, South America. Be careful there if you're traveling in the holiday season. You want to research your destinations first. See what their environmental conditions are that may contribute to the spread of disease. So we should be ready to address any risk, no matter how remote it may seem. So let's look at the plague. Let's take a look at it, and we should notice how it progresses. So if a region gets the plague, it begins to see patches of bubonic plague, and we should maybe be on alert for specific symptoms. Aside from any flu-like symptoms, this bacterial infection likes to sink deep into your tissues of the lymphatic system. So your glands swell, your nerves will be pressed upon, causes tremors, high fever creates extreme sweating, and of course cells under the skin tend to rupture, creating those bloody And the glands of the groin and the armpit area produce painful swelling as the infected blood tends to pool there. So an an infectious disease like this, bubonic plague, it goes back thousands of years. The Greek word for groin is bubon, with the root word being bubo, which means swelling. So patients with bubonic plague can die of sepsis where the blood pools and becomes toxic and poisons them pretty quickly. And the disease then progressively uh, progresses pretty rapidly. It's contagious. And, of course, um, now it's drug resistant. I don't know if they told you that. All right. Some ancient reports. There have been some antibiotics that people have used. 
um, as well as medicinal herbs to protect themselves from serious disease. Um, one thing to consider is that the bacterial pathogens are really not resistant to your human immune system when they may be resistant to the drugs, the antibiotics. And so if you're using medicinal herbs to boost your natural function of resistance, then uh, there's not going to be any resistance there. So the herbs provide a lot of proteins and minerals and enzymes and antioxidants as well as vitamin nutrients to the body and the immune system to fight off the infection. And on the other hand, if you use using antibiotics, uh, sometimes they can be used successfully, but they have to be given within 24 hours if you get the plague. Antibiotics suppress the immune system in an attempt to poison the bacteria that you have in there. And if the bacteria is resistant to the antibiotic, it's not going to destroy it. And worse off, it's just, you know, suppressed your immune system and your antibody response is behind the eight ball, right? So you've got to make a choice. Um, you could be left defenseless and it gives the disease uh, opportunity to uh, get a foothold. Now, scientific medicine has known since 1998, bubonic plague is totally resistant to all their antibiotics. So I guess that means... <laughs> If you if you get quarantined by the hospital, you know, what are they going to do to you? They got nothing. Well, let's look at some of the herbal antibiotics, the natural ones. In the 1700s, the word plague sent panic through a town or village, and most people had what was known as a poor man's antibiotic. Garlic, that's what they had. Often garlic was used to flavor food, but it's also a medicinal herb. Over the last 100 years, scientific studies have discovered in part, what gives garlic its power over disease? Researchers in 1944 found a compound in the garlic that fights bacteria, viruses, and fungus. It's called allicin. So garlic's unique compounds enable the body to fight a broad spectrum of disease. So the allicin creates an anticoagulant and a lipid-lowering action to keep blood flowing, so no clotting or pooling throughout the body. And so the blood is the vehicle that brings the antibodies and takes away the infectious debris. So that's the key when you want to defeat plague. Keep that blood from pooling, and it won't get sepsis, okay? Garlic's also an antioxidant, which is another action to help fight infectious microbes. It prohibits the blood uh, from pressure from getting too high. And due to its complexity of garlic, science is really um, not done discovering its health benefits. Uh, fresh garlic has more power because it will contain more of your enzymes called analyse. Research has shown that the enzyme is a catalyst that destroys microbes in about 10 seconds. Woo. Now, we're discovered, they've discovered also the enzymes that offer a defense mechanism in garlic against the disease. This enzyme um, is that pungent aroma you smell when you cut into garlic. So when you use a deodorized garlic, guess what you don't get? You don't get the defense mechanism. Uh-oh. So you want to make sure you get that really good smelly garlic, that pungent garlic. Awesome stuff. So uh, don't leave the deodorized stuff at the store. Don't even bother. According to PubMed.gov, garlic has plenty of antibacterial action against gram-negative and gram-positive bacteria, including the multi-drug resistance strains such as E. coli, candida, intestinal parasites, and viruses. So, 
you uh, want to avoid microwaving or cooking your garlic. Heat will destroy the garlic's enzymes. It's going to be less effective. Um, I mean, you can destroy your garlic uh, if you microwave it and uh, or cook it in less than a few minutes. So don't do that. So if you're going to add garlic to anything cooked in your dishes, do it at the end of the uh, cooking on a low simmer. Um, also, cousin to the garlic is going to be your white onion, which contains more analyze enzymes. Often you could pair that with your garlic for some serious disease-fighting ability. The enzymes in these foods are activated when their dry and wet cells are merged together, creating a chemical reaction called sulfenic acid and christine sulfide. So when you cut into garlic or onion, what happens is you're mixing the wet and dry cells together, and that's when you start to smell the pungent aromas. That's what's happening. It's a chemical reaction. And this creates the analyze in 10 seconds. This is your disease-fighting uh, power. So this happens when your food is cut or crushed, and scientific research continues on garlic for its organic sulfur compounds used to fight chronic disease, like even cancer and heart disease. So... There's not really fully understood. Medical science doesn't totally connect all the dots on how our metabolism absorbs the, these medicinal properties in our herbs like garlic and specifically the analyze. Perhaps the reason is, is there, there are several biological actions that are happening in the human body when you get garlic in the human body. There seems to be more than one allicin compound in your garlic and it's really not clear how all these compounds influence the metabolism to target and eradicate disease. But through animal studies, science thinks that the medicinal properties of your garlic enter through the intestine, travel to the bloodstream. So when they test human consumption of garlic, they find that the properties of garlic are present in the blood, urine, and even your stool very rapidly. They can even predict how much of the garlic compounds are in the body fluids by testing your uh, air, when you, ex when you exhale, you have garlicky breath. They can tell by that. They can measure your breath and, and tell, you know, how much garlic's now in your system. Science does suspect that garlic sulfide somehow strengthen and increase your blood plasma while decreasing your cholesterol. So the body uses the garlic to empower the liver to help with that function because the liver's main function is to eradicate infection to neutralize the infection. And according to Linus Pauling Institute, garlic offers an anti-inflammatory function as well, reduces um, inflammation to help white blood cells, um, your immune system, macrophages, your killer T cells. Okay? So according to controlled clinical trials, the garlic extracts or tinctures, your liquids that are aged, are going to be better and... Um, more powerful if they're made correctly. If they're a forced extraction, they'll probably be weaker than your cold-pressed variety, so keep that in mind when you're shopping. So if making your own garlic tincture at home, you want to age it 30 days for the best potency. You want to store it in a cool, dry place away from your heat and away from light, kind of cover it. And um, it has a long shelf life of about 10 years if you're making a liquid. Um, I tend to like to age my garlic in vinegar, you know. Vinegar is a great catalyst for garlic. Awesome stuff. Um, and it can't go bad, really, because vinegar is already bad, right? It's apple cider that went bad. 
Um, so, but if you're going to make straight up garlic juice yourself, and by the way, if you have a copy of the Power Herbs book, you already know how to make it because it's in there. If you don't have a copy, pick one up. Uh, it's emailed to you. It's a PDF. Uh, you can download the Mobi or the EPUBs for your Kindle or iPad. So it's in several electronic versions, and you can do that on thepowerherbs.com. And the book's just $14.99. But getting back to your garlic juice, if you're making straight-up garlic juice, uh, you're not aging it in a catalyst, and um, let's say you're using it mm, first things maybe like warts or an ear infection or for um, impetigo, uh, ring wart, whatever. Um, you know, you, you, you label it, put it, in a, put it in a bottle, label that it's garlic, and the day that you made it, you pressed it, and it'll be good for about six months, okay? So that's straight-up garlic juice, no catalyst, no aging. It's just, you know, what you pressed. Um, when it, it, it's golden, it's beautiful, and it smells great. Uh, it'll turn brown when it starts to go bad, so it'll go from a golden to a brown color, so that's when you know you need to throw it away. Otherwise, if you're using it, in a, a catalyst of some kind, whether it's alcohol or vinegar, uh, then it's got a 10-year shelf life. Totally, totally good to go. So um, now you want to be aware if you're using garlic, if you're looking for the garlic that you want to use, um, whether you need it to help thinning the blood or killing bacterial infections or viruses, um, you want to make sure you don't get an elephant or hybrid garlic. So make sure you get the straight-up organic garlic if you're using that. So um, also, by the way, if you're a nursing mother, garlic does add flavor to breast milk. Infants tend to nurse longer when there's garlic in the breast milk, okay? So if you have things like mastitis and you need to empty the breast, eat some garlic. The baby will nurse longer, okay? Also, nursing mothers that use garlic rarely have thrush problems. Thrush is a yeast infection uh, that the baby can get inside the mouth or the woman, uh, the mom can get on her nipple. So... Uh, use the garlic and avoid the thrush issue altogether, and you won't have to use the antibiotics or creams to get rid of that. Um, now, a lot of times we, we've been heard over the years, we've heard about the hemorrhagic plagues, the bubonic plagues. We've heard of the, you know, Ebola and all these things. Um, bubonic plague encourages a deadly form of pneumonia, which is contagious. For hemorrhagic diseases like... Um, Ebola, uh, gentian root inhibits, science has known this since 2012, gentian root inhibits uh, Ebola uh, bacteria and virus. So you want to use that. Uh, if, we have that at thepowerherbs.com, by the way, and you can just pop that in your pandemic kit, no problem, and you got that covered. So just, you know, add that to your pandemic kit if you're worried uh, about hemorrhagic fever plagues and things. Um, the thing is, you want to work fast, okay? Uh, you, you don't want to just be willy-nilly about it. You know, um, you could use your broad-spectrum herbs. You can use your more targeted herbs. And if you have any kind of report of a pandemic in your area, you know, just crack open that pandemic kit and start using the formulas as instructed. And this will heighten your immune system, okay? So, um, but if it's in your county, that's the time. When the reports of a you know some sort of pandemic plague in your county, that's the time you want to start using those um, those kits. Um, uh, DNA gene science reports 15% of Caucasian Americans 
have a natural protein that makes them more immune to bubonic plague. Uh, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, Caucasians have an upper hand there. Um, if you do come in contact with bubonic plague, um, you got to work fast because the disease, it goes rapidly. You can die within three or four days. So quarantine of bubonic plague is a challenge as people are carriers before their symptoms start to develop. So um, you definitely, well, the Black Plague and, you know, Europe and people wanted to know how the grave diggers weren't getting sick it's because they were using some broad-spectrum herbs to protect them. And you can, too. So uh, here's what I do. I have on hand for any kind of plague outbreak, bubonic, Ebola, whatever, um, I have my gentian root. I have my anti-inflammatory uh, formulas. I have my blood cleanser. I have my immune boosters. And, of course, I, des I do factor in for synergistic effect to make the others work better. The other formulas work better, the ginsengs. And I do have um, the all-in-one, which is that old-fashioned herb plague tonic. Every village and town who had an herbalist that made that, they had low mortality. Okay? So, uh, also, you might want to add in a little milk thistle. Milk thistle helps the liver. The liver has to produce a P450 enzyme to neutralize toxins, poisons. Um, so a uh, little boost to the liver isn't a bad idea. Milk thistle is awesome. Antioxidants help the liver neutralize more toxins. So, you know, cleanse and nourish the body. Uh, it's not a very complex uh, thought or idea, but it seems to... Uh, make people m more, you know, pathogen resistant, okay, because you're moving out toxins, you're putting nutrition in, and the body's able to heal itself. Uh, so I, I knew that the moment I was stepped into herb school, uh, and that's the way I went with the products that uh, Apothecary Herbs makes. We, we focused on immune system, and um, we focused on organ cleansing. So uh, those two things just by themselves can help you sidestep a lot of problems. And if you have no idea how to use immune-boosting herbs or uh, herbs to cleanse the system and uh, help pathogens uh, have a free flow out faster so they don't hang around and cause a problem, well, then ask for a free product catalog, and um, all, your, all your cleanses are listed in order and how you would do them. If you want to learn more about cleansing, get the Power Herbs book. There's a whole chapter on that. Um, if you want to go to the website and just get the quick, you know, bite-sized synopsis on cleansing, go to the um, healthy healthy uh, section on thepowerherbs.com. It's called Healthy Guidelines. Just click on that. And, um, and you'll learn. You'll learn how to do immune boosting. You'll, have, you'll learn how to do organ cleansing. You'll learn how to store your herbs. Um, you'll learn a whole lot of things that empower you. And you can uh, stay away from the white coat. That's the whole idea, staying away from the white coat. I think modern medicine's great for trauma, for stabilizing people that have been, you know, traumatized.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.